Hello, and welcome to Franchise Me. I'm Andrew. And I'm Ryan. And this is the show where two friends go on a journey to find the ultimate movie franchise. Each week, we will talk about a film or films in a series, breaking them down to see if they are truly worthy of being in a franchise. As we finish different series, we will compare and rank them among each other in order to find out which one is truly the best. This week, tough break this week. <laughs> tough break this week, man. Um, it's the next Karate Kid and the Karate Kid 2010. I don't have anything witty to say. Because this 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 is uh, woo, this is a, this is this is not good for us. But we're we're gonna do it. Here we go. Let's do it. Andrew, how are we doing, my friend? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm not good, actually. You know what? I'm really. It was it was tough. I'm really. Uh, I feel beat down this week. I it feel was, beat it down. Was, it was, this was harder than I thought it would be. This was <laughs> this was a tough week. Yeah. I I've seen one of these movies before. Me too. Yes. I uh, I have seen the next Karate Kid. Yeah. This is the first time you and I have both watched The Karate Kid 2010. Yeah. Oh, and I want to address, too, obviously... Uh, oh, yes. My Matt. brother, uh, Matt's not here. Uh, he joined us for the last uh, couple of episodes. Yes. Fortunately, he was not able to make. He's not going to be able to finish this out with us. He's not feeling well. Um, but he uh, he sent me his uh, information, his, his, his uh, thoughts and opinions. So I, uh, his voice will be heard. We'll throw it in there. We'll throw it in there. Uh, Matt, get better soon, pal. We love you. Yeah. But, yeah, we... Uh, we, we we have seen the next Karate Kid, is what we were saying. Seen the Karate Kid 2010. Um, next Karate Kid, it was as bad as I remembered it. That's how mm. I'll say it. I didn't know what to expect with Karate Kid 2010. And we went into it. You and I both watched it. And I will preface... We're not there, because I think that's the second movie we're going to do. But what I will say is that uh, it's very well shot. It's a well shot movie. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, things, there's things. There's things in the action movie. Action works. Yeah. Action's fun. But like overall, it was just kind of this um, very middling mediocre experience yeah. and i was kind of uh blown away at how almost boring the movie was and well i i have my reasons and my beliefs about all that and we'll talk all that but yeah. i want i do want to put a pause on that sure because we th- we're doing a double movie we're episode. doing a double movie episode. and we got let's a lot talk about let's do. talk about the movie first that we have is the next the, karate the fourth kid. karate kid movie the next karate kid yes um, and the last movie within the Miyagi verse yes, until we get the show. Yes, this does not. This is the last one that is canon. Yes, in the universe of the Miyagi verse. Yes, is what they call it. Um, that that is that's everything that would be canon to the Cobra Kai franchise. Yes, or the Cobra Kai series. Um, the Jackie Chan movie is not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be very weird if it was. <laughs> Because it's just, like just the same story happening to different six. people. Season six, Mr. Han shows up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have some stuff about that we'll talk about in the retrospective. Sure. But uh, as far as this movie goes, look, I mean, it's it's this is a des- it's a desperate attempt at relevancy in yes, the franchise. Yes. Um. So I mean, this is this is nineteen ninety four. Five years later. Five years later, it's the ninety. We're four years into the nineties, and it's kind of like um, it, it felt like you're right. It felt like kind of this grasp at oh, let's try to like uh, do a Karate Kid movie. It's it's so. Here's a way to look at it too. It's it's five years from part three, but it's also ten years from the first movie. Yeah, and it's like they're and trying to. It, it really feels like they're grasping at straws. And storyline wise, the those three movies yeah. are one year basically. Yep. So yep. it's like they're moving way forward they're in moving the way forward continuity in of the time. Yeah, of the it's movies kind of this whole weird thing. And um, the problem with Next Karate Kid for me is that. We all know it's a bad movie. We all know it's not very good. And to I me, I think it's, there's much karate in it. There's not much karate in it at all. 
And I also kind of walked away feeling like, um, I think most people would agree that's probably the worst in the Miyagi-verse uh, franchise because I, at least with part three, you get Terry Silver. Well, here's the thing. Here's like, the you thing. have that. Matt and I have talked about this. We talked about this long before we even did this podcast, uh-huh. any of that. Four, I think, is, is probably actually a better made movie. I think it's more coherent. You're probably right overall about that. because three is just we talked about three was just such a it's a mess it's a mess and like four is all four over is, the place too. You're right about that, four, but it, but it is pretty coherent I overall. Could, I could follow the story and what was happening through the film. That's not to say that the story is good. No, no, no. But, but it's, it's coherent. It's coherent. It yeah. makes more sense. It's probably a better movie, but it's lacking something like. Heart. Terry Silver, <laughs> which is the third movie, has yeah. that is this trump card of like as bad as everything else is. You get this. We have him, yeah. who is constantly entertaining. Yeah, carries the movie. You know, we do have just the dynamic between Machio and Marita that even though it's not firing on all cylinders in that movie, yeah, it's still effective. They still work, mm-hmm. and like there's yeah, like Hilary Swank and Pat Morita, like. They get along good. It works, but it's not. It's not Daniel. It's not Danielson and Miyagi. You know what I right. mean? Like, there's something magic about that pairing that I think. And on top of, especially, I can't say it's enough. Terry Silver that yeah. like makes that. So like, it's pretty close. And this is arguably probably the the better movie. But which one do I enjoy better? Which one at the end of the day? Like, spoiler. It's part three. It's probably going to get ranked higher. It's yeah. Part three because. When it comes to like entertainment value here, yeah. there's not much. Yeah, and I and I wonder if that's what they're trying to capture with this whole like militarized police hall monitor aspect of like call it what the it is over Gestapo hall monitors over the top people, and I think they're trying to match the Terry Silver energy. Yeah, but they're not Thomasine Griffith. They're not Thomasine like, Griffith. I mean, none of those hall monitors are interesting at all, and. Michael Ironside's Colonel Dugan doesn't touch Terry Silver. I mean, there's nothing... Michael Ironside's a good actor. He's a great actor. Like, when you look at his career, he's had, like, an astoundingly great career. Interesting. And he's a franchise star. He has this really great career, and then it's kind of like just this... For whatever reason, he did the next Karate Kid in I think he's one of those actors that he does a lot of, like, whatever's offered to him. He'll just take whatever. And is he, he, would you consider him like a character actor? Maybe that's why he does it. If his character's all like angry military men, like, <laughs> well, like I mean, well, character actors do more than that though. Like character actors, like I feel like create, if you, they don't, don't just focus in on one thing. Look, they create different characters. I'm not a Michael movies. Ironside expert. Okay, but just just off of knowing what the other, I don't even know. We'll talk about it when we get to him. I don't even know if you remember what other other movie he was in. I don't. Based off of his other performance in here and just what I know of him, it seems like he's always the angry, militarized persona okay. in every movie. So right. I don't know if I'd... He's got a shtick. You know, he's like uh, Reginald Vell Johnson where he's, you know, you need a cop, call him, right? Uh, right. You, know, like, you need a TV dad, you call Reginald Vell Johnson. That's right. Who's also a cop. Who's also a cop. A TV dad's probably a cop. <laughs> yeah, probably. I think there's just so much lacking with the story they try to have fun here and there the movie's also kind of in a weird way oddly very 90s for still no it is yeah uh you know like i I, it almost felt like they were just trying to like and this isn't even like um they were trying it's like clearly they were trying to do this thing where i imagine they were going to try to create a whole new trilogy based around 
Hillary Swank's Karate Kid. To be honest, I don't, I don't know any of that. I don't, I don't have any yeah, of that. Yeah, and, yeah, but yeah. I, I imagine maybe that was the grand plan. I'm sure and if the movie's successful enough, we can make these more. Yeah. We can make more. But because it kind of falls flat on its face and the movie just is not good at all, it's like, I mean, it, it's a mirror. I don't even know why they made this movie. It's like, why did you even make Well, they made this it because movie? it's what they do. It's what studios do now they look at the franchises they have oh we have karate kid that's been laying dormant for five years let's bring it out let's do something with it sure you know? but it, sometimes you just shouldn't you know this no, is well, kind of a case of that this is a case of maybe you just need to let sleeping isn't dogs that, lie isn't that what we're seeing you know to this day i mean like you know to like obviously things are still all over the place because of the strikes as of this recording and everything like yeah, that yeah um i know the writer's strike is over but like that sag still on strike and stuff like that so things are starting to kind of get back to normal. But, like, Mattel came out this summer after the success of Barbie, and they're like, we have Uno, and we have Hot Wheels, they and we I have... Mean, it's, they're creating, yeah. like, a Mattel-verse, And they're like, look, we're going to take... We have the Magic 8-Ball, and it's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with the Magic 8-Ball? Like, what are you going to do? Like, Barbie makes sense, because Barbie's a person. Barbie has characters. Yes. There's Barbie and there's Ken and there's... Oh, the Magic 8-Ball. You know, you shake it and it does the little, like, maybe no. And, and maybe maybe you could get a good horror pitch out of a Magic 8-Ball. They're not going to do that, though, because they want family-friendly entertainment. You could. We'll you, there's a great horror picture there. You're absolutely right. And Hot Wheels is just Fast and Furious. <laughs> but again, I feel like a lot of that stuff... I mean, I don't know how much... I, I think Barbie was for kids as well. I don't know if it was. I don't like, know if it was either. It but is, it's like but it, it is like with Hot Wheels, like that's a kid's property. Magic Eight Ball. What do you do with that? You know what I mean? Like, where are you going to go with Magic Eight Ball? Uno. Uno. What are you going to do with Uno? What are you talking about? Like it. Like to me, when I hear those things, I'm like, okay, I guess this is like an animated movie. But uh, you know, anyway, do, do you remember? Podcast. Do you do you remember when? And I know that there there was a movie that came out this year. Mm-hmm. Based off of this, but this is different than what I'm talking about. When there were there was a pitch of a Tetris movie, and it was going to be a trilogy. They're like, we not only have a Tetris movie, we have a Tetris trilogy. Yeah. And now I know we got a movie about like how they got the rights to Tetris. Yeah. That's not what they were talking about. Yeah. They were talking about a movie based off of the game Tetris. Yes, the game where you take shapes yep. and you match them to other shapes. And you we eliminate have, blocks. We have a film trilogy. They have a trilogy based off of Tetris. Yeah. And it's like, what are you doing like that? So, like, I get... The properties that these companies are investing in are is so weird to me. Like, the properties these studios go for, it's like, what do you... Why? Why are you doing that? And this movie, with the next Karate Kid, trying to, try to tie it all back in somehow. No, you're right. With this next Karate Kid... It's like we're 10 years removed from the first movie. We're five years from the last one. This is a series that should have just been left in the 80s. We shouldn't have brought this back in any capacity, uh, especially based off of what the third movie was. It's like there's no reason to bring this back. And yet we still got it because studios were like, oh, well, you know, it's Karate Kid. People will show up because Karate Kid. But I think what they forgot is like, well, it's the 90s now and – some kids, some of the kids who grew up with those movies are adults now and don't care anymore. And yeah. they're like, I don't want to go see the next. If you were ten kid. when the first movie came out, right? You're twenty. You're twenty, and you're not going to want to go see the next Karate Kid at this point. You're just like, yeah, no, not really. It's just not really what I want to see now. I want something new. And it, it, it just it, it baffles me sometimes how they just keep bringing things back. And this goes back to the whole like you know Hollywood's out of original ideas, right? Like. I mean, that's always kind of, been. It's yeah. always been, but like, 
it, it's funny because it feels more than ever with this movie that they really are out of all, all out of ideas and they're like let's just go back to Karate Kid again and uh, this time it's a girl and Miyagi's back. We got Pat. Pat's well, it's, back. It's funny that you said like that this movie feels 90s because like a defining factor of the original trilogy is the 80s. Mm-hmm. Like they say, like I know Machio Daniel says at least in two movies. I, I, I think it's in one and three at least. I don't know about two. It's the 80s. It's Come the on, 80s. Mr. Miyagi's. It's the 80s. Yeah, like, he does. He says it's the 80s. And it's funny that by the third one, it's 89, so it's like it's barely even the 80s anymore. Yeah, the 80s are about yeah. to be over. <laughs> so it's a, But it's like, that's so defined by the 80s. Yeah. And I think, like, they're trying to do that with this with the 90s. Yeah. And I just don't think it's it's effective. Like, Come on, Mr. Miyagi, it's the 90s. Like, yeah. what does that mean? What like, I could mean? see Julie-san or whatever, you know, dropping, like... Mr. Miyagi, it's the '90s. Like, yeah, you know, like, it's just it's just weird. Like, but like even like the music choices in this movie, like the soundtrack sucks for a '90s film. Like, especially early '90s like that. You you had by 1994, you had a pretty rich like kind of grunge bands you could pull from. Like Nirvana at this point, I think has come and gone by '94. Wow. I could yeah. be I could be wrong about that, but I know that the fi- the final album i think was like 93 so it's like you have all of nirvana you could have pulled from and you couldn't even get a nirvana song for this movie it's just like i i don't know it's weird to me and you have like Soundgarden, you have like all the pearl jam you have all these incredible bands to pull from and like i guess they don't think there's a lot of female artists in the movie which is great yes they do and that's a really great thing but at the same time like you can use female artists but also maybe try to make the music sound of the time I don't know it just kind of was yeah, there's ways around it yeah it was very off to me yeah it's it, yeah, this it's, movie's very off to me it is I mean it's 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 completely forced because yeah. they, they want you to know the first movie is a whole introduction into the relationship of Daniel and Miyagi like more than about the karate and about the rivals it's about these two people completing each other and filling in these gaps that they need. Yeah. Daniel doesn't have a father, and Miyagi lost a child. And while they don't come out and say that in the first five minutes of the movie, mm-hmm. you find by the end that that's how they complete each other. Yep. They need each other in each other's lives. Yes. Because they're filling in these holes. They're filling these gaps. And they, they slowly reveal that through the movie of, you know... That drunk scene and all this stuff. Yeah. And in this movie, literally literally within the first five minutes, Julie Pierce is like, my mother's name was Susan and she died in a car accident with my father because she was hit by a drunk driver. It's so forced. They're trying to get the information out to the audience of who this is within the first five minutes because it was so that you can have... Why would you yell that entire thing (laughs) You know what I mean? My mother's name was Susan. She died in a car accident from a drunk driver. And it's like, my father was there too. Nobody would ever yell that. (laughs) It's just like, it doesn't sound realistic at all. And it's like, you're trying to establish who this character is right away so that she can bomb Miyagi. But it's like... But also, doesn't Miyagi to you in this movie kind of just feel like a glorified babysitter? Like, they don't Well, first off, they don't really bond. What person is... I, I believe that they, they do bond. bond. They bond. They what, bond in a different what way. What person is like, as... oh, hey, my old, my husband's old war buddy is here, and he thinks I'm really stressed, so I'm going to go across country to live yeah. in his house, 
and he's going to come stay with you, my 18-year-old or 17-year-old granddaughter that he's never met before. Here's the thing. That pitch can be a little dicey if not handled correctly. That's a little dicey, and you got to be careful with that. I'm glad that, uh, you know, it doesn't get weird, really. I mean, I don't think... There's no point in this movie where the relationship ever feels weird with no, they Miyagi play, and Julie. No, they play off like, things Miyagi, well. Miyagi is so calm and kind that it's not weird. Like, he still is able to kind of bring the best out of Miyagi, even with even if it's now a girl protagonist. He's still able to kind of be kind and realize, like, I, I don't like the scene, but, like, the scene where he walks in on her, Gage, you know, yeah. it's it's not... I think it's fun. I think, they, fun, I think they play it, I think they play it off well enough that yes. it's not creepy. It's not creepy, and because he does, as and soon as he comes out of the room, he's covering his eyes, he's like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Like, he just immediately feels because he Because he wouldn't think about it. He's, yes. He hasn't lived with a woman and in... Well, that's the also the only scene where we get a reference to Daniel. And yeah. he's like, oh, when I lived with Daniel's son, it was different, you know, his boys are different and all that, and... You know, that's a that's a good setup for sure. But like, you know, it's just such a, uh, it still just feels very off. And there there are scenes that really work in here. There are really sweet scenes that we're going to talk about that yeah. really really work here. Um, that do show the relationship. That show, between the, two that show the relationship. Or like and bonding. They play the comedy of of, Dan, of Miyagi now having a female student yes. and the the paternal how he has to change his teachings. Yeah, but yeah. but also like. Miyagi shopping for a dress, like yes. you know, for her, like, and that's not played up as like Miyagi's dumb. He just he doesn't know. She's not tall. She's not short. What is <laughs> that? Wish. What? what? <laughs> she's not tall. Well, she she's got a defining character. She's got a good spinning <laughs> spinning round kick. Yeah, she's got a good spinning round kick. Uh, you know, uh, she, she's not fat. She's not skinny. Slender. Not really. Mm-hmm. Like he just he's not really giving great descriptors, which is very funny. I struggle with this movie a lot. Is what I'm trying to get to. I really struggle with this movie. There's there is a there is a there is a nugget there's of an idea there. There's something in here that does work, yeah. and there are moments in this movie that really work. Um, but a lot of the stuff at the school with the Gestapo hall monitors. Well, but that really, but in a way, really isn't struggles. that the '90s, right? You know, Gestapo hall monitors. <laughs> But the over-the-top nature of everything. Yes. And even the ending, right? Like, where are they? They're at the docks with the car on fire in the background. Why? <laughs> like, but we're going to talk about that. Because, like, they blow up a car and then everyone just walks away. Did you realize that? Like, the car gets blown. They blow up a car and all of the Eric monitors. Eric doesn't have a car anymore? Yeah. All, everyone just walks away and they're like, oh, okay, story's wrapped up. Everything's fine. And I'm like, Eric, they blew up your car. Like, police need to be called. Where's the fire department? How do they not know that? You need to call the fire department to put this f***ing fire Nobody out. Nobody heard the explosion. Nobody heard this? Like, you need to, there's thing. like, you need people here now. And it's just like, and all of the hall honors just walk away. Like, they're off the hook. And I'm like, uh, no. No, you should be booked right now. Well, no, let's <laughs> get back here. You get back here right now. Where are you going? It's just, it's very funny to me. But, like, there's obvious plot holes, and I think, that's enjoyable, like how bad the plot holes are, but then there's just kind of like moments that are really sweet that work. So I, I don't know. I'm very overall, you know, we'll get to opinions and all that, but it, it to me this is a very, very <laughs> just off movie. It's it's this weird, uh, for lack of a better term, like stepdaughter to the original three. It is, yeah. And it's kind of like you it know, also and feels... I, I, I really 
I, I should also say, I really hope that Hilary Swank does do season six of Cobra Kai, so at least they can tie this movie in somehow. Yeah. And uh, that's, again... This, like, is the, this is the only movie Cobra Kai has not touched. I use the word fix it, fixing things or whatever. That's not the phrase I want to use. But, okay. like, they it elevates the mistakes by... They don't try to go in and be like... You know, like like with three, right? Yes. And we'll talk we'll, when we do the retrospective. We'll talk about Cobra Kai, but like when with like Karate Kid three, they don't go in and be like, oh, they don't try to pretend that Terry Silver wasn't nuts, nuts, yeah, or like, like what happened was crazy, yes. or whatever. Like they accept the ridiculous nature mm-hmm. of everything. Characters, Mike Barnes shows up and he's like, yeah, I don't know what the hell was going on. Like you know, whatever. I made a mistake. I'm changed. Yeah. Like they ground. The elements that were elevated up, right? And this is such a ridiculous movie because there's hawks and Gestapo home monitors and yeah. monks and, and they, all this they, stuff. A, a military teacher at the school who yeah. is and not being like, reined in in any way whatsoever no, and, is literally beating kids up on school property and is not being reined in in any way. And it's like I want them to touch it just so they can do what they did for three. Yeah. And, like, characters of two... Not that two's a bad movie, but, like, characters of two to kind of just, like, flesh things out more and yeah. make me... Maybe I can reflect back on this and be, like, a little bit more appreciative. Mm-hmm. And that's... Instead of fixing things. I can watch three now and be more appreciative of three because yeah. I know where Terry Silver goes as a character. I know right, where Mike right. Barnes goes as a character. I want to look at this and be like, oh, you know, uh, what Colonel Duncan or whatever his name, right? Colonel Dugan. Dugan, right? Like... That's where he goes as a character. Yeah. Or that's where Julie went as a character. Like, I I hope that if she does show up, I hope that I hope she's married to Eric. Like, bring him back. You know yeah, what why I mean? not? Like, bring why him not? Back. Like, why not? You know, yeah. like we'll see. We'll see what season. So six. I I do hope that they can do it because I I think they can make something of this yeah. of this mess. And it is this lingering stepchild yeah. of like if they don't touch it, like clearly they're not touching the the reboot. We. Talking about that's a different universe, it's yeah, or whatever. I get it. Nobody's thinking about why wasn't Jackie Chan in the yeah, show. But you have to touch. But it's movie. like you have to, even if they can't get Hillary Swank if she says yeah. no, you have to touch on this side yeah. of the of the universe before you wrap your show up. Yeah, somehow. Right. You know what I mean. Something needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we should jump. Yeah, in. let's jump because we got another movie. To yeah. Do oh, this will be quick. This will be quick. We're talking about the next Karate Kid. Yes, we are. Uh, release date, August 12th, 1994. August 12th, where summer movies go to die. <laughs> yeah, it's always August. Directed by Christopher Kane. I know this name. He has a famous son. Okay. He is the worst Superman. He's the worst Superman? It is um, Dean Kane. His son is oh, Dean Kane. Oh, Dean <laughs> He's like the crazy guy. Yeah, okay. I know. He did the TV show. The Superman and Lois. Is yeah. it the Adventures, the Adventures of Superman, Superman and Lois? Lois? Yeah. Okay. This guy also pitched himself to be Batman. Remember when we were talking Batman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he was as he he was currently Superman, and I believe it was either for like Batman Forever or Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. He pitched himself to be Batman as well, and everyone was like, "You're already Superman. Superman. What you can't do you want? also yeah. be Batman." <laughs> um, yeah, this guy's nuts. Uh, not Christopher Kane, but Dean Kane. Um, uh, yeah, but yeah. It does the apple fall far from the, far from the tree? Does the apple fall far from uh, the tree? I, so I looked this guy up mm-hmm. to see what he did. And what I could find, there was some actual notable, not too much, but there was some notable stuff. I think the biggest thing that he did, um, I've never seen it, but I've heard people talk about it, is uh, Young Guns. Do you know Young Guns? Young Guns. I haven't seen this one. It's a 80, 1988 movie. Okay. He was a director, 
producer and and writer of the movie. It is like all the hot shot eighties guys okay. in like a western. Oh, so interesting. it's it's Amelia Estevez, Kiefer Sutherland, Lou Diamond Phillips, Charlie Sheen, Dermot Moroni, Casey Samesco, Terrence Stamp, Terry O'Quinn, Brian Keith, Jack Palance has a cameo by Tom Cruise. All in like a wow! I was like, literally like going to say, if yeah. you don't get Tom Cruise, it doesn't matter. That's yeah. not all the hot shot eighties actors. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, nice. So like I, that's I I. I might go home and watch Young Guns. That's like the yeah. Yeah, I might go home and watch Young Guns. And there's Young Guns too, which I don't I don't know enough about. But uh, yeah, Young Guns too. Young Guns too. Yeah, I know that there's a Young Guns reference in Cobra Kai where Young Guns too, too young for gun. <laughs> there's a reference in too Cobra young to gun. <laughs> yeah, there's a reference in Cobra Kai where uh, Johnny's trying to get two people to res- to. Um, get over their differences, uh-huh. so he tries to recreate a scene from Young Guns. Oh too. God, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, but yeah, so like, I guess he's been around. He's done some yeah. stuff, right? Like, uh, maybe, maybe people just like Young Guns enough, and they're like, okay, yeah, I guess he can do the next Karate Kid. He's from the '80s. He knows how to. He knows how to work with some of these actors. Uh, I mean, you know, I don't know enough about him, but as as a director in this movie. I don't think he's he's not, he doesn't have control over this movie. It feels like it doesn't stand out. This to feels like a it feels like a studio made movie. This yeah. feels like the studio went. This is how you make the movie. Yes, this is what we want. Go, we want you know mall references. Make sure she keeps talking about how she wants to go to the mall, right? Because she's a girl. Make sure she yeah. keeps talking about how she wants make to go. Make sure to the they mall. mention uh, Domino's. Yeah. <laughs> make sure they mention that they want to order Domino's pizza because Domino's. Yeah, Domino's. Get your, get your product placed. Domino's. Hey, please, please. Domino's. If you want a thin crust pizza, it's Domino's, baby. Make sure you get your, you know, your <laughs> product placement in. Uh, oh, oh, ba- oh, you know what she can do? Train babysitting because she's a girl. Like you know she's what I mean? She's a girl. Like, Let's. I don't it know. feels like a studio. I mean, it doesn't feel like this. You this feels like, like a yes man guy. Animals. People like animals. Let's get a hawk. Let's get a hawk. Let's get a hawk. And we'll have really cool shots of the hawk flying. And it won't make really it really won't make sense. But we'll have the hawk. Uh yeah, so it, it doesn't feel like he he does anything. Plus on the nose name Angel. Like, come on. Uh written by Mark Lee. Uh, Mark Lee, you this did guy doesn't have a Wikipedia page. So this is probably. Um, uh, I looked him up on IMDb. He has like a TV movie and something else. Yeah, he's so not. This, he's not much of a. It sounds like maybe uh, he took this movie as a, like, oh, maybe this will be like my big break. I'll write the next Karate Kid, then I'll get on. This probably killed his career. I would imagine. I maybe or maybe he's just or never like, like yeah. in the way that I mean like he couldn't do another movie after this. Like they were yeah. like, yeah, no, you're never writing. It's also movie. the only one not written by Robert Mark Kamen. Yep. Correct. So, but yeah. we have we we know why. We know why too. Uh, I think it is Flying People movie. I love that story so much. Yeah, it's so good. Um, <laughs> that's so good. But yeah, as far as a writer here goes, that it is a slop. Yeah. It's, it's it's I mean, it's literally pig slop. It's, it's so just bad. Throwing things together. It's oh yeah, so she can have a bird, okay, and then uh, what can she do? Oh, she dodges uh, bags of dirt and there's monks and oh we can have the monks bowl and well, that'd be fun. You know, yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, like, I don't know, they'll do that, and then I, the docks are gonna be flaming at the end. Yeah. Flaming barrels. It's just like what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the worst parts of Coke came out during this movie. Uh, budget. Twelve million dollars. Ooh, low. Low budget. Box office. Oh boy, eight point nine million. No way! Wow, that's low. Eight point nine million dollars. 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess this is like, here's what I'm going to, here's what I imagine. Really, really, really diehard fans of Karate Kid went to go see this movie, but general audiences had no interest. Well, domestic opening box office opened at two point six million dollars here in the United yeah, States. Yeah, that sounds like that sounds like diehard fans. Opened at number seven. Ooh, that's low. Ooh, nobody's interested. Nobody wants to go see this. Rotten Tomatoes score. Oh boy. Critics, what do you where do you think this is at? Nine percent. Certified fresh. Oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Rotten at 7%. Ooh, I was so close. 7%. Okay. Uh, audience rotten at 24%. That's much higher than I was thought you were going to say. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like 10% for that too. Wow, 24%. Yeah. Again, diehard fans. Yeah. It's better than you think. Okay. Want to talk about that cast? Yeah, let's just jump in. All right. Let's do this. Starring Pat Morita as Mr. Miyagi. Hilary Swank as Julie Pierce. Michael Ironside as Colonel Paul Dugan, uh, franchise star. Chris Conrad as Eric McGowan. Michael Cavallari as Ned Randall. Walton Doggins as Charlie. And Frank Welker as Angel the Hulk. That's a franchise star, baby. What? Are you joking? No. Frank Welker? Yeah. It says the voice of the... Yeah. He does that in a lot of movies. Come on. he. I'm not kidding you. He does the voice of the Hulk? He does the... The Hulk sound, yeah. I, I know the name Frank Welker, but I didn't realize he was no, actually... No, if you look at Frank Welker's filmography, oh he does animal sounds and things like that. Okay. A ton of movies. Okay, great. Yeah. Frank Welker has Angel the Hawk. He's um, a franchise star. He has also done, because we've talked about this guy, I feel like it was something I did. It was, I feel like it I was. mentioned I mentioned his name. I know I did. I was like, oh yeah, Frank Welker. It had to have been, it had to have been Austin Powers? Mm. No? Earlier. Earlier than Austin Powers. Okay. Then it had to have been, uh, was it Bill and Ted? Mm-hmm. It was Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Bogus Journey. He did some stuff. I think that he did stuff with... Um, oh, he was, he did like uh, some of the afterlife stuff, right? Wasn't didn't he, like he do the... the, the um, what's the name of the creature the alien? Um, oh, he did the... Uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. He did... Uh, uh, oh, man. I know. I know. Oh, it's going to drive me crazy. Um, I keep wanting to say Chosen. It's not Chosen. Oh man! Uh. Look it up. Look it up. We need to. We need to get this. Station. Station. station he yeah. does station. Yeah, he does the voices of station. That's what it is. Or one of them, I think. I yeah. think he does the small and the big one. Yeah. Um, well, so yeah, thank you, Frank. I wanted. To, yeah, but so like, I know that that's weird to you, but he actually has made a career out of that. Well, so like, good for him. Yeah. Glad we got to talk about him. Uh, moving on. Walton Goggins is Charlie. This uh, is uh, an early role for him. Third movie. Third movie. And the one. The first his first movie role he was cut out of. Okay. He wasn't in the final cut. So mm-hmm. technically it's his second on right. screen appearance. Yeah. But he did make another movie before he was just cut out of it. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's certainly it certainly appears as a second, third movie. He yeah. doesn't do that much. Um, he's ripped. He looks ripped. Um, but he's, he's got a good look. He's got a good look. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have a lot to do. He kind of just stands there like this. I just want to throw him out because yeah, it's, he'll be a, a fran- now. and he'll be a franchise star one day. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean he's like one of the biggest actors ever now. Oh, not, but not that, ever, no, but like but he. But people he does know a lot his of, name now. He does a lot of TV, right? And you know, he does a lot of TV. He was in the Hateful Eight. He's an Ant Man. He's an Ant Man. So I people know his name is what I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, it's it's the performance is fine. It's yeah. nothing to no. It's about. it's it's basically glorified extra. It's glorified. But extra. I want to just throw it out there. And he kind of has the moment at the end where he's like the guy's like, I'm not gonna do it. Come on, he's down. Yeah, like which is a repeat of Bobby. Yeah, yeah. Michael Cavallari as Ned Randall. 
Yeah. This is the main... This is the antagonist. Yeah. This is the main Gestapo... Kid. Yeah. Mahal monitor. I, so, Quote, unquote, teenager. Yes. God, he looks like 27, <laughs> 30, maybe. So I, I think... So we, we kind of throw this word around a, a, a lot, and I, I don't want to be very... I don't want to, like... I know people get, like, you know... We live in a society now. These Some words trigger people. But I think this is kind of the only word you can really use to describe him, and it's... He's very rapey. The character is, yes. Yeah, the character is very well, that I mean, way. I mean, he he more or less, he doesn't physically assault Julie, but he would if he got the chance. Yeah. Like, he's telling her, like, oh, you're going to go to you're gonna go to the dance with me or whatever. Every interaction. He's very close. He's, he's invading her personal space. Every interaction feels as though he is going to sexually assault Julie. Yeah. And that is not good. Yeah, no, you're not. You're not throwing that out there to be funny. You're, no, this is serious. Yeah, like the, I, I, it is. It's, it's uncomfortable it's to watch. It's a really, really uncomfortable watch because I, I mean, I texted you this too, but it. I'm just going to mention this now because well, I'm sure we'll, mm-hmm. but I want to mention it now. But it feels like because we're on the guy that it makes every threat to Julie. Every every threat is essentially like like gang rape. Yeah, like no, every, you're right. Threat is that when and there's a scene like, where they go to the gas station and they won't let him leave. The gas, it's it's the hall monitors, it's the gas station. It's it's like why is this the only threat we could think of? And I mean, I know why they did it because they're like, oh well, it's a girl, and that's like the worst thing that could happen to a woman, right? That's like the worst thing that could happen to a woman. It's like and she can show she's tough by beating up the guys, yeah, but up it's the like, guys, but it's like I. But you're making it so uncomfortable to watch, and it it's almost. There are moments where it's almost too close for comfort where you're like they're running so aggressively at her and you're like if they get their hands like this is not no, like, no you're right this is really uncomfortable and it's it it was not a good choice to make in this movie and having this guy be this like gang leader of that is is really it, it, it just it bothers me so much. It's one of like the weakest parts of this movie for me and one of it, it has not aged well in any form. And is just still to this day wildly uncomfortable to watch. Well, I mean, it's 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 bad writing. It's terrible writing. It's I wouldn't writing. say it's bad writing. It's terrible it's, writing. It's not knowing how to write women, right? Yeah. It's it's okay. The only danger that we can have to this girl is that she's constantly on the verge of being sexually abused or harassed, yeah. right? Yeah. Like they don't know how to they don't know how to how to write any type of compelling story other than that. Yeah, and it is very I, uncomfortable because. The villains of this movie are a group of, you know, and even more so than, like, Johnny had Johnny and Jimmy and Bobby and Tommy and Dutch. But, like, this is seven, eight guys over Ned's shoulder that are willing to do whatever he wants on a, you know, on a whim. And it's like... And they're, like, and they're not just, like, normal looking. They're, like, buff guys. Like, they're all very muscular guys. Hillary Swank is 18 in this movie, and none of those guys look 18. None of them look 18, and it looks... It just... It really bothers me when I watch And he's playing, he's, like, pl- the, the guy is playing it up, whether it's on potential or not, it, it feels, his performance feels that way. Yeah. He feels like he is owed her, you know, mm-hmm. as, like, a prize, and he, yeah. and he wants her. And it's yeah. very, like, he goes out of her way to ruin her life, and yep. she becomes a target, and it's very, very uncomfortable to watch. Wildly. Uh, Chris Conrad is Eric McGowan. Eric's a good guy. It's a wholesome I, performance. It's a, it's a wholesome performance. He's a good guy. I, I It's one of the things I actually do like about this movie is I like kind of that relationship. And that, they, they don't force a fight 
they don't have no a fight. disagreement they don't or... have to, it's just kind of like it's kind of, it's it's a sweet relationship is what it is it feels very sweet how everything kind it's of quick it moves too quick. it moves quick yes but like it's sweet how it blossoms and i like that he had, he's always like he's a security guard at a train yard like that's just so funny to me and when she's leaving Which, to go to the monastery... Why wouldn't they fight at the train yard, not yes. the docks? Why, why are we going to the train yard throughout the beginning of the movie? Because and every girl's invited Ned to the docks, and he doesn't go because he doesn't have a small penis, Ryan. <laughs> He's hung. You know it, and I know it. He's not compensating. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. But I like... I, you're right. They probably should have just fought at the train yard. But he, he he's very he's very nice. He's a very nice guy, and he's the only one in this militaristic group at school that's like, yes, yeah, this, is, this is kind of messed up. I don't I don't like what's going on here. Like, you know, I, I like that he's the guy who literally says to Duke, and I'm not going to fight you, so you can show me how tough you are. He are. leaves. He's and he like, leaves, yeah. and he just walks away. And you know, Dugan's you know doing the whole like you're never going to get that recommendation, and he's like. I don't, I don't care. I don't anymore. care, man. I don't care anymore. Like I really don't care. It's anymore. not worth. And it's also, not worth this. And also, uh, that's just a whole thing because it's like the fact that Dugan's like hanging that over high school kids is just insane. Because it's like they can find their, they'll find another way in. They don't need you to get in. But like yeah. that's the funny thing about like power in this movie. This guy's literally lording over them. So well, let's that, tie that in because let's talk about Michael Iron said as Colonel Paul Dugan. This is a franchise star. Yes. Uh, you don't remember what, it, no. what else he was in. I'll give you a hint. You said militaristic. Um, he was militaristic. He was also in a submarine uh, for basically his entire role. Is the, it has to be Austin Powers. No, it's not. No. no. It was it? Uh, it's a very early franchise. Terminator? It's Terminator. Okay. Um, not our favorite Terminator. Salvation. Salvation. He's okay, the guy in the submarine. Well, here's the thing. That's why I forgot. <laughs> He's the guy in the submarine constantly calling Christian Bale and being like, John Connor, what are you doing? Oh, that's him! Oh man! Oh, that's funny. What are you doing? What are you doing right now, John Connor? <laughs> Calling him from a submarine. Yeah, he's like, we gotta get Kyle Reese. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, um, sorry you've had two bad roles um, <laughs> to enter on the uh, franchise Me Hall, Hall of Fame. fame. But uh, Hall of Shame. Uh, I don't know. Uh, look, um, I know this guy can be a good actor. He brings an intensity, yeah. But it's 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 too intense. Like Terry Silver is funny intense. Yeah. Like he's over. He's cartoonishly over yeah. the top. Like he's Michael Ironside's playing this like dead serious. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's uncomfortable and scary mm-hmm. at times. Mm-hmm. And it's like again, it's you're going to hurt somebody yourself yeah. or somebody, and yeah. it's going to be a problem. Yes, like you. This needs to. You need I mean, to he's, he's literally beating up students on school yeah. property. I mean, like, he literally is, like, flipping like, them and punching them. Like, I don't understand. Like, Miyagi shows up to pick up Julie, and he's like, He's like, I'm better here. get off. He's like, what are you doing property? here? Yeah. I'm here to pick up a student. Why? Because you're of... You're trespassing. Uh, and you're like, what are you talking about? I'm not allowed to go pick up my kid? Like, like he's, an, he's a maniac. And I'm like, nobody... Did anybody vet this guy before he got a job here? I'm like, what did he do? He, he just... He gets paid a salary to just run this Gestapo force? Yes. Like, he's running this Gestapo force. But remember, it's kind of... it's. I view it kind of as, like... Um, like oh, Army the reserves. dare thing? Like, uh, Army Reserves, too. You know how, like, they had that in school where you could do, like, the Army Reserves and kind of... That's kind of what this feels like to me before that existed. Like, it feels like... But it's, like, on-school property. But, yeah, I guess he was also... Kind of how, like, he, we had a but, police officer in our school. Yes. And okay. he taught... Quote dare, unquote, dare and, and, and uh, great, you know. Yeah. Don't don't uh, don't do drugs and 
don't get into gangs. Um, I don't remember Great. I remember Dare. I remember Great. Great was a thing, too. Great didn't last as long. Dare was the big one. Don't do drugs. Weed is a gateway drug. I didn't have an edible before I watched Fifty Shades Freed. Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) You should have had an edible before you watched this movie. There is... (laughs) Um, yeah, Michael Ironside, this, this character is uncomfortable, though. That's why I just, that's yeah. what I want to say. No, you're he's uncomfortable, right. he's not well written, um, and, uh, I can't believe he had a job the, the entire time. Yeah. To run this Gestapo hall monitor regime. He got paid. How much money do you think he's getting paid? It's gotta be a decent salary if he keeps showing up. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say he, pro- he probably bullied them into more than what he was worth. Yeah. Like, I, like a normal teacher salary is obviously, you know, like, so low, it's disgusting, this guy probably talked him into like a cool like eighty k. Yeah, like yeah. cool eighty k. And that's a year. like nine. That's nineties money. That's nineties money. He probably yeah. talked him into eighty k, and he was like, "If you don't give me eighty k, the school is gonna burn to the ground with violence." Oh, <laughs> All right. Uh, I feel bad that she's going next, but Hillary Swank is Julie Pierce. I actually like this performance. I don't I, hate. I this. think she's good in the movie. I think she's good too. This is, this I is don't consider hate her it. breakout performance. Is it really? Yeah, it's, it's like the breakout. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's like that's the thing. Like when you know you look at the Wikipedia for this movie, yeah. it says like despite this being like trashed, I think she was kind of praised a little bit, and like this she's is really this good. kind of brought the attention to her. Yeah. And obviously, Hilary Swank is an interesting actress to me because she's what she's a two-time Academy Award winner. I think she's won twice. I think I believe so. Yeah, because uh, she won for Million Dollar, million dollar Baby, Baby, and, and then I don't know for something else. I think. I don't remember what the other one was. Um, yeah, let me look. Let me look it up. Right I know there. for sure, Million Dollar Baby was a big year for her. Oh yeah, she won uh, in two thousand for Boys Don't Cry. Boys Don't Cry. She's a two-time Academy Award winner, right? And I feel like she doesn't get a lot of respect or attention. Like, yeah, she can act. Like, she's really good. She's and, really good. And like, I feel like what she's most known for is like the Office joke. Of like, is she hot or is she not? Like, is she Which hot? Which is or not? so terrible when you think about it now. It's Which, like, by the way, is, is she hot? Yeah, yeah, of course she is. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like, so it's a strange. really strange joke. It's a strange joke, and it's, and like, it's not just a joke; it's a subplot. Yeah, I know of the episode. I know, and it's it's kind of bad, actually. It's just like that shouldn't be the whole. But like, I like you know doing research for all this stuff, and like, she was on like like you know when she was asked about like Cobra Kai, she was doing interviews for a show she was on. Alaska Detective uh, or whatever. Alaska Daily. It yeah. just got canceled recently. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now she's free. She's free. Yeah. yeah. I know she said she was. Oh, she would do it if like you know. Well, she when she was interviewed, she said during that for that when she was doing that show, she's like, I'm only here so allowed to answer questions related to the show, so I can't answer them right now. So like she wouldn't say yes or no. Right. She's like, oh, I, oh, oh, let's keep it to the show. Like, yeah. That's be that's a KG answer. Yeah, oh yeah, it's because answer. like oh, I got a couple phone calls. Yeah, like, that's a that's a KG answer. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I but think, I, I think she's good in the in the in this movie. I think she is good in this movie too, and I think she's very I think she's very charismatic. I think she carries the movie well with what she has, and I, I just I really like her. I think she's really good. She's a likable character. Like you kind of walk yeah. away going, man, she was really good in this. Like well, um, she's way better. The the thing that that stands out about her performance is like. She is way better than the movie, and you can tell. And she's just like yeah. every scene she's in, she's awesome. And it's just like you're watching the movie, and you're like, she's so much better than this yeah. movie. And it's like we're, we shouldn't. It sh- she shouldn't be this good in this movie, but she is. My brother uh, Matt, you know, mm-hmm. he had a he had a, he had a little bit of a pitch, and I think this is okay. the time to throw this out there. He said, "One, well, one, this movie would be better if it was a comedy instead of instead of trying to be this drama." 
because it's so very strange and kind of over the top in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a pitch that uh, Hillary Swank should stay in the movie. Yes. But it should also be two other girls in the movie as well. Mm-hmm. And it should be these girls getting bullied and Miyagi training like this trio of girls. That would be awesome. And he pitched Melissa Joan Hart to Ooh. go with it. And Amy Jo Johnson from Power Rangers. Wow. And it's like Matt. the three girls like... Matt, that's a great pitch, Bud. That's a great <laughs> pitch, dude. Yes. I mean, number one, yes. Yes. I'm in on that. And I actually do think this movie would benefit from more women being yeah. in it. It's, it should the, be the a... The problem with why this movie it? is that, yes, it's great that you have a female lead role uh, in the movie, but everyone around her is pretty much a male and... Her grandmother leaves so early in the movie yeah. that it's just like everyone around I, her is a male. And I think like, the the title was taken too literal. Like it, I get it's called the Karate Kid or the next Karate Kid. Yeah, but it can be more than one kid. It doesn't it have to be. It doesn't have to be one person. Do you think this movie would also maybe benefit from a female antagonist? Yes. Yes. Right. Yes, 100%, like I kind yeah. of thought that's like. When you're when if you're gonna do this movie, if you're like, okay, we're gonna make the next karate kid, we want it to be a woman though. We want a yeah. woman to be the next karate kid. Maybe this is a good opportunity to go into territory we've never gone into before. Let's get a female antagonist too. They've never done that. Yeah. So it's like why it like it, it's fascinating to me that like things they could have done like to chart new territory in this franchise. Yeah, not to. And they just go, Oh, well the biggest change we'll make is that it's it's now just a girl in the lead role and yeah. we'll still have all males around them. And it's just like, no, you should have made this. Like, I would have been totally cool with Miyagi being kind of the only male force. Yeah. And then kind of just everyone else, this like, you know, power, this female empowerment movie. And yeah. then it, does, it doesn't turn out to be that. It yeah. kind of just turns out to be this like weird, I don't know. Swank yeah. does a good job of the impossible task of carrying this movie yeah. because it doesn't know what it is. Yep. And I think... For what she's asked of, I think she, I think she's she just very well. Yeah, knocks it out of the park. And I, 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 I really would like to see this character. I think you can do a lot with this character. Yeah, I really think you could, you could have this character be something interesting. Season six, man, could could happen. And it doesn't have to be more than an episode. Yeah, right. Season six, yeah. season six, and then finally, Pat Morita as Mr. Miyagi. I think he's really good. I'm going to say that first. I think he's really good. He just knows how to be this he character. He just knows you know? how to be this character. This is probably, though, for me, maybe the least interesting no, Miyagi it, is. It is. In yeah. all of the movies. Like, we don't really get any... He doesn't have much to do. He doesn't have much to do. There isn't, like, new information revealed about this character. It's kind of... You just know who he is. And I, I think at this point in 94, he's kind of... I think Miyagi, the character, is kind of considered just like an iconic movie character, so you just know what you're getting. Um, and I think they really lean into that. And I don't and I think they make a point to not really reveal much more about him, except that he had this best friend in in World War Two. Which and again, again like, just feels forced. And also too, like the the like I get it as a white guy. I was gonna say it the the force that's known for being predominantly Asian, Japanese, Japanese yeah, Japanese, yeah. predominantly Japanese, and the and his very close personal this friend the, of his. This is the most decorated unit yeah. in World War II history. For real, his, yeah. For real, and your best friend is it's just some, one of the few white guys on the team. It's just a random white guy, yeah. and you're like, I don't know. And they're like, they make this big deal in the beginning of like, 
oh, our soldiers worked here. Your soldiers, like, yeah, but like, it was mostly the Japanese yeah, people. It was, it your was, your family it was wasn't the Japanese soldiers. Your wife and kid weren't imprisoned in an internment camp yeah. while I was out here fighting. Yeah, you know, like. Yeah. Your wife and kid didn't die in an internment camp because and like, they didn't send a doctor. I said to you, I know you said you kind of liked the, the opening and stuff. It did seem, it's fell out of character Here's, for me. Yeah, so I've been thinking about that a lot because I, as I was watching it, I was like, oh, I kind of like this direction of like what they're doing here. I guess they're trying to tie in more of the war stuff. But then as the the movie went on, I kind of started piecing together and I was like, I was like, oh yeah, it's just some random white guy on the unit that he's best friends with. I don't know if I like that. And it kind of just turns into this weird thing with that. Um, you know, I, I think you are right, actually. I think that it is out of character for Miyagi to go to that. He would never wear that medal. He would never wear that medal because he was so against doing it before. So why is he all of a sudden wearing it he, now? He tossed it in the drawer. In the, the first drawer. movie, America, And I don't you know. know if it was meant, like, I don't know if... If the vibe they were trying to get off was, oh, because of his time with Daniel, he's now like grown and he's come to accept it. I and guess his role but and everything. you should probably explain but, that. But what I'm, that's what I'm saying is yeah. like it feels like that's what they were going for. But like you don't you didn't explain it. So it just feels like this out of character moment for Miyagi, um, which is odd. He could have like, had a scene with Julie where he's explaining why Daniel was important to him. Yes. Right, like and why, why he, and he went to the ceremony because Daniel helped him grow and accept his role in that, even with the tragedy that accompanies it. But like you know, it, that could have been a thing, but yeah. they didn't do that. But again, it's 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 lazy writing. It's yeah. just lazy writing. But the rest of the movie, he he's fine. He's, he's fine. He gets a sweet moment. The monk like, stuff is funny. Monk stuff is fine. It's all good, but he just doesn't have that much to do. He catches an arrow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. One of the monks was in also in Karate Kid too. He played like a different character. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. recasting. All right, synopsis. Yeah. Mr. Miyagi goes to Boston to visit an old friend when he finds himself once again taking care of a down-on-their-luck teen. But this time, it's a girl. Uh, there's hawks, militarized school hall monitors, and monks bowling. And we end with a giant explosive fight at the docks. Okay, you could have fooled me that this was Boston. I didn't hear one <laughs> Boston accent. I didn't hear one Boston accent in this movie. I wanted to what the fuck? Miyagi? Where was that? Eric, we're going to the docks! Put on the dropkick Murphys! We're gonna fight at the Duncan! We're gonna go fight the Duncan! What are we doing here? Come on! It's a little New Yorky, but like, yeah. I don't know. It's just like, I'm walking in here! Yeah, I, but I didn't hear like one <laughs> no. Boston accent. Like, you no. would have, you could have fooled me. I'm no. like, really? This is Boston? I didn't hear one no. accent. They just wanted to get it as far away from California as possible. Yeah. So that they didn't have to worry about, like, where's Daniel? Where's, where's Daniel? Daniel? Where's Daniel? Oh, he's back in California. Well, I think they wanted people to think that maybe he finally went to college, but he didn't go to college. No, he didn't go to college. He didn't go to college. He just stayed back in California, opened his used car business, <laughs> you know, made it happen. But yeah, no, uh, synopsis, uh, the story, the story, it's Look, not good. The story's not good. It's not good. It's, it's not good. Let's talk about our opinions. Yeah. Our opinions. This movie's bad. This movie's this really movie's bad. Very bad. This movie's very bad. Um, this movie is boring at mm -hmm. times. Um, it's 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 awkward. Um, it's uncomfortable. It's it's uncomfortable at times. The monk stuff is funny, but it also makes you question if it's inappropriate. Yep. Um, yep. <laughs> and it, and it's I think the monk stuff is really funny. Yeah. But it's also like. Would they do this? Would is, actual monks? Is, is this okay? Is like, this okay? I don't know. Is this culturally appropriate? I, I mean, really I guess don't know. They, they're not like bumbling idiots. Like the monks are always the smartest people in the room. Yeah. So I guess like what I guess the idea of like monks going to Boston and bowling like 
I guess it's not offensive, it's, right? It's like nineties fun. They're not. I guess. They're not doing anything overly stereotypical, right? They, also like get into, they get into music too. Yeah. I, no. No. And I think the bowling is. That's probably the best thing they could have done because bowling isn't, you know, they're just bowling. It's yeah, not they're not like, like they're not introduced to hamburgers or yeah, they're you just know, like, throwing. They're just zen and, bowling. And, and, yeah, and they're teaching the fine. guy, the rival yeah. at the bowling alley, yeah. how to do it, and he's like celebrating. Yeah. Like he, le- he learns how to do it, and when he loses, I like that he's not a sore loser. I like that he gives him the money and then he gives him the bow. Like okay, like you won, you know, yeah. it's it's fine, but uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there, there, there is some fun stuff in There's here, but stuff. overall, like as a movie, like it's messy. Yeah, it, and it, it's, it's a complete it's, mess. Yeah, it's, it, whatever. Uh, what's your star rating in this movie? Uh, I gave this one star. I, I originally when I watched this, I had like a star and a half, but then I realized that part three, I think I gave a star and a half to for Terry Silver alone, and I said, wait, this movie doesn't have a Terry Silver, so I. There's not, it's a star for me because I'm giving it a star and this, for me, is based off of Hilary Swank's performance. I think yeah. because she's so good, I gave it the other half star. So so Matt gave this one and a half stars. Mm. He said, better better movie than three, but no Terry Silver performance. Sure. So, you know, like he said, like, yeah. overall, like, I don't, I don't, know, if would, I don't know if he would rank just, three over this yeah. because it, it's lacking that. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm probably also going to go one and a half. Okay. Just because I laugh at the monk stuff. Like, I look forward to it. Like, I laugh at that. You know, I like the interactions between Julie and Miyagi. Like, yeah. I think there was enough there to warrant, like, it's not complete and utter garbage. It's yeah. not paint. It wasn't, this wasn't, this of the two movies was the easier for yes. me to watch this week. Yes. Um, one of the other ones took me four times. The other one took me four times to sit down and watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I watched this. You know, I didn't always pay attention to every single thing, but I, I could do this in one sitting. Yeah, yeah, it was it was easy enough. Yeah. So I, I'm going to give it uh, one and a half. Stars. Okay, great. So uniqueness, what stands out to you in the movie? Poor writing. Um, the, no Daniel. No Daniel. Um, the uh, a new Karate Kid, obviously Miyagi returning. I guess just the Gestapo hall monitors. And this weird military <laughs> guy on the school campus just beating yeah. kids up. Uh, oh, that's pretty unique. It's the, the, the unevenness of the movie. Yeah. You can't decide if it wants to be this outrageous comedy or this dark drama. Right. I think uh, I think Hillary Swank stands out to me. Uh, Big time. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Uh, does this bring anything new? We have a uh, hawk now. We got a hawk now. Yeah, we got Angel the Hawk. Um, we got Hillary Swank in the Miyagi-verse. That's really cool. Um, yeah. Boston? And Boston. Military presence. <laughs> uh, what is the best scene to you in the movie? So I'm going to let you do your scene first because I want to talk about. I, I I think my scene is a little. Well, I'll throw Matt. Matt sent me his scene. Okay, do uh, Matt's scene. Matt's first. best scene is the babysitting scene. Okay, he yeah, scene. yeah, he liked the babysitting. That's a very '90s scene. Yeah, Nerf guns and all that. It's very '90s. Yeah. I, I like that too. Uh, my, I feel like I feel like I'd see that in like Home Alone. Yeah, yeah. My favorite scene is uh, the monks bowling. Yes, monks bowling. Uh, it's just it's just it's fun. It's levity that you need. Um, and it's it's wholesome. And again, I like looking back on it too. I was like, I don't think it's offensive because it's like, why can't like religious figures like monks and stuff like bro? They are always depicted as like these overly serious. Here's the thing, I think the Dalai Lama bowl. I why wouldn't he? You know, my yeah, grandmother yeah. met the Dalai Lama once. You know, yeah. she didn't go bowling with him, but you probably she met bowl. him. Yeah, yeah, you bowl. I think yeah. I think you do it. Yeah, like I mean, they have lives, right? Like it's the yeah. same thing. Like when you see like a priest. Out and you're kind of like oh like oh like you know but then you're like oh yeah you're just 
you are just a person. Like, but yeah, I mean, I like I like the monk stuff. Uh, um, okay, so my scene, I I picked Miyagi teaching Jolie how to dance. It's 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 I, my runner up. I think that is a sweet scene. I think it showcases Miyagi uh, how sweet he can be, and I think Swank is really strong in the scene too. And it's just. It's just nice. Like, it doesn't... It's not weird. It's not creepy. It feels like Miyagi is... It's the only time in the movie where I'm like... It feels like he's, like, kind of like a grandfather to her now. Like, he gets her the dress, and it's all very sweet, and he teaches her to dance, and I'm like, this is nice. I like Like, the... I don't hate this. The play on the... Instead of using a technique to teach him... To teach somebody karate, yeah, he's using karate to teach somebody a skill. Yes. to teach him how to dance. Yes. so he's teaching her using karate to teach mm-hmm. her how to dance. It's like one of the few moments of like peace in this movie too, where these Gestapo hall monitors aren't just showing up. And oh, they, they're across and, the street. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, and, they probably are, but like they're not just like there for whatever reason, showing up to harass her. It's like we're actually getting a moment of peace. Where she, it feels like they actually have bonded in this moment. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it's a really nice scene. Yeah. It is a nice scene. Connectivity. How does this fit in with the rest of the franchise? Um, it's a continuation of Miyagi's story, and that's it. And that's it. That's it. And even then, it's like a reset for Miyagi. Yeah, it's a bit of a reset. Yeah. Uh, is this a worthy continuation of the franchise? Uh, no. No, it is not. No. Absolutely not. Uh, casting. Uh, before we do the future of the yeah. franchise, I have some casting and some Let's fun do facts. It. A casting. Ralph Macchio did not return for the film. He was thirty-three years old. He was thirty-three years old at the time, yeah. uh, and he publicly stated that he was quote not interested in becoming the Sylvester Stallone of Karate Kid movies. Taking a shot at Sly there, huh? <laughs> uh, Good for him. Hillary Swank, Sly documentary coming soon. Uh, was eighteen at the time and beat out around five hundred other actors for the role. Good for her. Uh, fun facts: The fight choreographers gave Hillary Swank a pink belt. For her mastery of the most flashy techniques, but none of the basics. Oh, that's a little... I'm not sure I like that. That's a little... Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah it's a little misogynistic. The oh, song. here's a pink belt for you. Like, f*** you. <laughs> the song Miyagi turns on while teaching Julie to dance is Fascination by Bill Conti and was previously used when Johnny and Allie danced at the country club in the first movie and on the radio when Daniel and Mr. Miyagi first arrive in Okinawa in part two. Oh, that's a cool connection, actually. I didn't pick up pick up on that. Okay, yeah. I, I actually like that. Cool connection. Uh, John G. Avildsen was originally intended to direct the film, but dropped out to make eight seconds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the only film in the series not to feature Mr. Miyagi in the final frame of the movie. True. Yeah, it's true. Where he's just smiling and nodding. Yeah, like every he's in movie. the second to last frame of the movie. Yeah. Uh, apparently, early titles for the film were "Young Americans" and "Kids in America." Flying people. No, I think I think this is. I think this is a we have a script here. Yeah, let's turn it into a Karate Kid movie. Yes, that's exactly I think what, that's it what it is. Yep. Yeah. Uh, in an interview, Robert Mark Kamen said that he didn't return to the fourth movie because the studio did not let him make his original <laughs> Flying People movie. <laughs> he envisioned for part three, uh-huh. and then if they had, he probably would have returned oh, for four. God Almighty! Uh, I watched interviews with this guy. Uh, He's a little nuts. He's like sold on this Flying People. Idea. He was very adamant about it. Wow. Like he was. He's. He first off, he's a legit dude. Like yeah. he studied a lot of these techniques that they use in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of these forms, I'm not going to try to pronounce it because I don't know the actual form of like the like the more of the Miyagi type right. of karate, right, right. the kata and stuff like that. He's like, 
a lot of these interviews he was doing, like he's like, I train like that every day. That is what he says. I don't know if true it is. <laughs> he he's might like, not I, train. I train every single day in this. Um, you know, whatever he was talking about, how like the belt system was made by America, basically because Americans had to have some type of reward system. It, it needed to be. It needed to feel like an accomplishment to, to keep going. Yeah. And whereas like the original, you know, Japanese Okinawan like style, they don't or Chinese style, or whatever. They don't believe in like yeah. these types of things. Yeah, you can just. You're you're learning to learn. You're not learning for yeah. You know achievement purposes. Yeah, an eighth degree black belt or whatever. Like, I'm an eighth degree black belt grandmaster. Yeah, and you're, you, you, know, you don't need a title. You know, kicking um, people in the head. But one of the interviews asked him about like, how did you come up with or like, is the like the wax on wax off stuff like is that based in like one of these techniques? And he's like, I'm in the making it up business. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. He's like those. He's like he's like those. Techniques that he learns, like the yeah, movements. Yeah. He's like, I know, like the movements, how he moves his hands and yes. stuff. Like that's legit blocks. Yes. I just made connections of how Miyagi could teach. Yes. Those things. I so, just thought wax on, wax off. And yeah. The movements match that movement. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so like, cool. it's clever, you know. It's clever. But yeah, he is, this guy's a very interesting yeah. person. Nutbag. Um, oh, not a not, not a nutbag. But uh, I think he reminds me a lot of. Um, he sounds very creative. He reminds me a lot of Bob Gale. Ah, yes. From Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had one... Not that they haven't done anything big. I think yeah. Robert Mark Heyman has a couple other things. And Bob Gale has, you know, worked with Robert Zemeckis for a long you know, long yeah, time yeah, yeah. before that and all that stuff. But, like, Bob Gale, you know, helped write the Back to the Future movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. and Or, you know, basically wrote them. I think he wrote probably more than Zemeckis and yeah. whatever. Um, and it was his idea and everything like that. Mm-hmm. He's been riding that success for almost 40 years. Right. And, uh, like, just constantly telling the same stories. Like, I had an opportunity to see him at a Comic-Con. Uh, I saw uh, most of a panel. I didn't finish his whole panel um, because I had to go somewhere or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I saw most of a panel that he did. And it's all stories that he's told about on the DVD commentaries. Right, right. He's told everything. Like yeah. he's, it's just and it's it's he's told out of stories in the exact same cadence, right? In the exact same manner. He's like, like it's like he's touring, yeah, with the it, same material. The same, it's it's a stand up routine that yeah. he's just, you know what I mean, like, yeah. and that's what it is. It's, it's, it's stale though. I I got the idea from my father's year, but and that's that seems like that's what Cayman's doing, yeah. right? That he's he helped write this iconic movie, and that's really incredible. He played a very big important role in it but now he's just riding coattails of yeah. like people want to hear these stories right yeah and i'll just keep telling <coughs> that's what keep seems telling like the same story over and over that's what it seems yeah. like i don't know okay. the guy so all right future of the franchise should there have been a sequel to this no what do you want to see in the future uh nothing and what franchise star would you have this film i wouldn't wish this on anyone my brother's pitch about melissa yeah. melissa joan hart and the pink ranger from power Rangers. yeah i'll just say uh uh amy joe hart Amy Joe Johnson and Johnson. Melissa Joe Joan Johnson. Hart. Great. Um, all right. We will not be uh, ranking these movies or doing closing comments because we're going to go right into our next movie. Hell but well, yeah. do, do you have closing comments on the next Karate Kid? Or um, do you want to save them to the end, maybe? Let's just save them to the end. All right. That's what we usually do. Well, we have do. one more movie, then. Do you want to jump in and do you want to talk about the, ne- or the, the Karate Kid 2010? Let's do it. Uh, all right, uh, my friend. We are talking about the Karate Kid 2010. Uh, before we we get into business, do a quick ramble. We'll do, 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 do a quick ramble. About we'll do a this quick movie. ramble. Look, um, we we were touching on in the beginning. Um, there are good aspects about this movie. I think this there there are good aspects and there are really bad aspects about this movie. 
the good, like as I was saying, I think the action is pretty solid in this movie. It's pretty up. It's pretty solid. I mean, like these kids are beating the out of each other. I mean, it's yeah. really, it's really intense. Um, and I think like it's well shot. And I mean that in the sense of like you kind of mentioned this that like China seems very lovingly shot. The people and, that made this movie love yes. China, and I could feel yeah. that, and I could feel that it was really lovingly shot. Mm. Um, I didn't feel that in the writing. As the culture's much, not highlighted. The culture's not highlighted, but it, it is really well shot. And I will give it that. Um, but there are bad aspects about this movie. Oh, another good aspect. I think I, I, I like Jackie Chan in this movie. I think Jackie Chan's quite good. He has moments where he falls flat, but I, I think he's quite good. Bad but, aspects. Jaden Smith is so uncharismatic in this role. I just... I struggled with this. And look... Because... He's 12. He's 12. Like, like, like the, I don't even blame... No, him so for this movie. Let me let me clear that up now. Then too, this isn't like me trying to like on a twelve-year-old kid because he wasn't good in a Karate Kid movie. Jaden Smith is coming from a family where it's kind of messy. Will Smith is his father, and a lot of this movie and a not Scientologist is his mother. Not Scientologist Jada Pinkett Smith is his mother. When I watch this movie, though, they've been separated for six it, years. Yes, yes, they have. Who would have guessed? It's always something else with them, isn't it? Did you see the it's quote? Like, it's, like, it's, it's like it's at the point where they just can't not be in the headlines. Did like, you see the quote? Keep... Well, it's not him. It's I her. I know it's not him. It's it's just like, it's always something else. Did you see else. the quote where she said she they, she didn't go to the Oscars as his wife, but after he slapped Chris Rock, she left it as, his, as his wife? Like, what are you talking about? You just want attention. You just want attention at this point. It's just, it's very sad. Um, but like, Jane Smith is 12, right? And... When I watch this movie, it feels like every line was written as a Will Smith line, and the performance feels like Will Smith is coaching well, him. Ideally, this is seventeen-year-old Will Smith. Ideally, this, this is seventeen-year-old yeah, Will Smith. That, that's what they have, wrote this have, movie as. Yeah, but we have twelve-year-old Jaden Smith, who is not his Will Smith. No, who is not Will Smith, and is not the same person. And as he shouldn't his have to be. And he Will shouldn't Smith. have to be Will Smith. Yeah, but everything Jaden Smith is doing in this movie feels like Will Smith. It feels like Will well, Smith. I mentioned to you, you can feel Will Smith off, off right off, off camera, camera going, do it like this. Yeah. Because people like when I do it like that, so they'll like it when you do it like that. And that's, Jane Smith doesn't get a chance to be himself in this movie mm-hmm. because it's so very clear that Will Smith is trying to coach him into doing what he would do. And that's, that's just not I mean, he, they bought the rights to this movie. Yep. For him to make this movie. Yes. And like, you want to talk about Jaden Smith as an actor, like, The Pursuit of Happiness is an incredible movie. Yeah. And like, yeah, he's a kid, but he's a very strong performance in that mm-hmm. movie. As a, he's like four? He's like four or five, five years old. Something yeah, like that. but like. Well, if this is, well, well, no, if if this is, that was what? When did that movie come out? That was six? Yeah, oh six, oh seven. So then that, so he, this is, he's 12 in this movie. So he would have been like seven or six, maybe. Look, it doesn't that, matter. That movie, yes, he's very good in that movie, and he's he's. It's a strong performance from a child. Also actor, helps that he's sure. working with his father. Also helps that he's working with his father. But you can feel in this movie that it's almost like I know there was a push for a few years to make Jaden Smith like the next big movie star. The next, next, you know, Will because Smith. obviously, yeah, the next Will Smith. Because we had this movie, and there was also After Earth. I don't remember if you. I, I've seen it. It's terrible. It, have from you what seen I've it? Heard. I've heard it's it, it is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> wow! I yeah. gave up watching the movie. It is 
unwatchable. It's unwatchable. It, it is. It is almost unwatchable. Yeah. I. No, it is unwatchable. There was After Earth, and there was this push, and it's Jaden and Will in that movie. And you can feel that there was this push to make Jane Smith the next Will Smith. So we kept doing these movies with his dad. From what I understand, though, After Earth was like kind of a kind of affected the relationship because it was like so bad and it was embarrassing for Jane Smith and Will Smith had to like apologize. And you stuff also like that. know like the the thing behind like, Jane Smith was like a kid and he was embarrassed that he was in this bad movie. Uh, the thing behind uh, After Earth 2 is apparently if you legit if you yeah. break it down it is a giant metaphor for Scientology yep yep it's it's a giant just m- message and metaphor of Scientology and what yep. they stand for what they believe in yeah. and everything yeah. yeah well they're not Scientologists so it's okay uh, uh, but <laughs> I believe Will's probably not a Scientologist, but Jade is his not wife. No, 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 sometimes wife? no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, his not his not wife. Sometimes wife is not not a Scientologist. Not uh, the more <laughs> I will say though, real quick, to, to, to sure. talk about that. The sure. more we learn about this, yeah, about this family, uh-huh. and like that, we I we should say we don't really want to learn about. No, it. no, no. But the more that Jada speaks and yeah. stuff like that, like. He should not have slapped Chris Rock at the Oscars. For sure. I understand what happened now, I feel like. Yeah. Like, the man is not well. Yeah. Because of, look at look the situation that he's in. Yeah. And he probably felt like he had no choice. Yeah. But to do that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like. Yeah. He is, um, he is not mentally well. And I hope he gets better. I know that, you know, obviously he's, he's banned from the Oscars for like 10 years. Like, he cannot show up. Um, and I know that they tried, there was a push for that emancipation movie like last year to try to make, you know, like, Oh, like Will Smith, it's like, it's all good. Right. Uh, and I don't think he was even nominated. There was nothing, there was nothing going for it. And I think that's going to be the case going forward. I think he needs to now stick to maybe more like the action, like a bad boys movie stuff that like, I don't think he should go for the Oscar bait now because I don't think it's going to work out for him. I, I don't think they want him anywhere near the award ceremony. But it is a shame where he's at in his career. And you can kind of trace it back to her yeah, quite no, a bit. No, it's, it's and you a, can kind of it, point to her and go... It like, seems, I don't like to sit look, here and be like, oh, it's this woman. We don't, but at the same time, it's like... I know, I know, I know. It's uncomfortable, but like it's like... It, you're, we don't know the situation. We, we don't know, though. But it seems like there is a toxicity... Yes. In that relationship. Yes. And it doesn't seem like it's him. <laughs> That's the thing. It, like, it, everything I keep hearing, it, it's always... Who's in the headlines always, airing this laundry? It it's is not always, him. It is always Jada, right? Like that's She brought thing. him onto, his, onto her show yeah. and told her she was f***ing Jaden's friend on like, her talk show and this on kid YouTube was like or whatever. Yeah. To get his reaction because what's going to get... The views. reaction, the views, like, is bringing your more successful, more famous husband on. Yeah, like to do that. But it's also like it also doesn't paint Jada Smith in a good light that you're no. having sex with a twenty year old kid, twenty twenty one year old kid, like your son's friend. friend. Yeah, I'm still really confused. And I know they're like separated, but they're not separate. But like, I'm like, if you're for if I'm Will Smith, I'm like, if you're not divorced like officially from this woman i would get those proceedings going because i think the only way he is going to get well is if he kind of cuts it off well i and kind of goes off on his own and just kind of 
You know, do you know what yeah. I'm saying? No, though? no, like, no. I think that's what he to, needs to do. So I, ironically enough, I started reading his biography right before the Oscar uh-huh. incident happened, and I put it down once yeah. he slapped Chris Rock. Yeah. I was like, oh, ooh, <laughs> bad timing. Yeah, bad timing for uh, this. And, and very early in the chapters, it talks about, like, his mother was abused, and You've he blamed himself yes. for not defending his mom. Like, yes. there's, there, dude needs help. Like, yeah. like, as somebody who's in therapy myself, he needs help. Uh, Same the, here. The dude yes. needs the dude needs help. He needs help. Like, right. And and whether well, I don't know if he's getting it, he probably is. But like he has said, he's working. And but I it, hope he it is, seems but. like too like for a while there was this kind of like again whether that's him whether that's her, but this like we're going to make our children stars. stars. Yeah. We're, you know whether it's it feels like they're trying a, try- a they pop were- a pop singer. With my hair back and forth or whatever, you know. Or a movie star like they were pushing with Jaden. Yeah. There was this feeling that they were trying to create this dynasty within their family. Because they were, like Will Smith, obviously, was kind of like first generation actor to come out of. Made himself from nothing. He he didn't have connections to the entertainment industry. Like, he made it on his own. Rapper to to actor. I, I want to be very clear. It was very, it was like. He was so charismatic. There was no way he wasn't going to be famous. He, he was so is, charismatic. The dude is talented. He's so he's talented. So talented. He's so talented. He was so charismatic. He deserved that sense. Oscar. Like, and then you kind of like go beyond it, and it just you know you get to this point where they have kids now, and it's like they were you. It's so different, and it felt like they were pushing this. Let's make our kids stars so we get the Smith dynasty. And I think going. that they've so kind of they come have, out and said they that. have when they have kids. Then they'll be part of the dynasty, and they'll keep going. And it's 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 just so unhealthy to even hear that that's what the push was to create this entertainment industry dynasty. Yeah. It just it feels dirty, right? It feels dirty. Yeah. And this movie is a product of that. Yeah. No. Well, that's why we were talking about it because it's so interesting that like they chose this project too. Like, yeah. I guess like he had dipped his toes in the water acting alongside Will. Yeah. In pursuit of happiness, and it was so well received. Yeah. Will was nominated for an Academy Award. Jaden got so much praise yeah. for being a young child and being in that movie yeah. that it's like, yeah, well, why wouldn't you pursue it, right? Mm-hmm. You, he has this ability, right? He has these connections. Hell, I mean, he's you know the movie ends with "Never Say Never" by Justin Bieber, featuring. Yeah. Jaden Smith on doing the song, a rap. yeah, doing yeah, a rap at the end, you know, and and they were, which a, is very Will Smith, yeah, and they were apparently good friends at the time. I don't know if they still are, but they were yeah. good friends at the time. Yeah, so it's like very interesting, like you know, this movie in that aspect is very interesting of this like star vehicle, but it's it's also like look at it doesn't we we've mentioned with the next credit here where like the studio is kind of looking at properties and being like, oh, what can we kind of salvage or bring back. This felt like Will Smith mm-hmm. looking through like famous catalogs and being like, "What can my kid do? What can my kid and, do? Oh, there's the Karate Kid. What's gonna What's gonna make him a star? Oh, there's the Karate Kid. Yep, they haven't touched it in sixteen years. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back, and we'll change it and, up. Yeah, and let's get we'll put Jaden in it. Let's you know what? Let's get Jackie Chan. Let's call Jackie Chan and get him in it. The thing that's fascinating about me too is when the credits are rolling. Did you notice that like there was no there there was obviously like behind the scenes shots of like Jaden and Will offset, and you can clearly tell Will is coaching him in those photos. Yeah, it was really fascinating to me that like there was no photo of like Jackie Chan with Will Smith. 
at all. No, like, yeah, that's I weird. thought it was a little yeah. weird. I, I you like, would there think was, there was some photos, something was there? There was photos with him and Jaden, mm-hmm. which made sense because they're starring in this movie. Yeah. And, but and I, Jada, yeah, I didn't see and Jada. But there was no. You would like, think that they'd be like Jackie, get over here! Or, this is a great publicity stunt. Like Will Smith, Jackie, Jackie Chan, Chan get a in China, getting a picture. Like doesn't happen. There's the thing with him and Jada, but even that is kind of like a little odd because it's like I don't know. It's 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 interesting. So I don't know. It's, and also interesting that Will Smith and Jada Pickett Smith were there. Are, no, are both producers separately. Yep. Separately on right. this movie, yeah. they're both separately producers in this mm-hmm. movie, and that was the other thing too. Like I didn't watch the full credits, but like just seeing highlights, it's like it's weird to me. I I, I, have, I don't study credits of movies, mm-hmm. but like it's like assistant to Mr. Smith, assistant to Mrs. Pinkett Smith. Like yeah. it's weird that like there's like these highlights for like assistants and the people that helped the producers yeah. of the movie that like they weren't even in the movie you they're know what i mean in the movie, like they're the producers of the movie i'm surprised to be honest with you and i don't have anything in my fun facts of this that they didn't make a pitch for jada to play his mom yeah i'm surprised too i'm surprised too i'm glad we got taraji p henson oh she's the best part she's of the, the movie part of the movie but like i'm surprised that didn't happen but as a, as a movie here right like yeah it's weird because like this is Technically, not the first reboot that we we talked about in the show. The first reboot we talked about in the show would have been, I guess, Ghostbusters. Yeah. Uh, with Ghostbusters Answer the Call, the 2016 one. Mm-hmm. You argue Terminator too. Yes, but it's also kind of continuation, but kind of not. Like wasn't Genesis, Genesis meant to is be kind of the reboot? Yeah, but the, it still has Arnold in it. Yeah. So it's like, that's true. and he's playing the same role. Yeah. So it's like kind of a branched timeline. Sure. Sure. I'll also, take that. I'll take that. Um. But yeah, I guess kind of. But but Ghostbusters and even Ghostbusters, that's also they basically confirm that it's also an alternate universe mm-hmm. to the Ghostbusters that we know. Yeah, the Dan Aykroyd yeah. stuff, right? Like there there is and there a was world meant to be a continuation. There is a world where they could travel through universes yeah. and meet them. Yeah, Jaden Smith's not hanging out with. Dre, Dre's Parker's not hanging out with with Daniel Larusso. Yeah, Jaden Smith's not hanging out with with Ralph Macchio. Yeah. Like, this is a completely separate thing. Yeah. And there's also, like, Terminator hits beats that the first, like, you know, Genesis hits beats that, like, the first one does, but it's, it's paying homage and playing off of it, right? Sure. Like, and Ghostbusters is doing kind of its own thing. Like, yeah, there's a, we're recruiting the team and stuff like that, yeah. but, like, it's not beat for beat. Right. This is very much Cheat for, for a while. The second half drops off a little bit. Sure. It kind of stands out a little bit on its own. But for a while in this movie, it is beat for beat. The scene where where they're where they're they're driving away from home and everybody's saying goodbye. The scene where he's and, uh, you know John Mayer is playing. Say what you need to say. This is a strange music it's choice. A strange music choice. Yeah, strange music choice. Um, the scene you know, the scene where you know, oh, instead of at a dance where he puts a tube down then a stall, it sprays water. He yeah. throws dirty street water at people, yeah. like, yeah. and they chase him through. And, and it's, it's the same beats. It's the same beats, yeah. and and you're watching this movie going. Instead of thinking, oh, this is what it's happening right now, you're thinking, oh yeah, that's like in the first one when they do this, right? right, right. There's literally something that bothered me is like the joke of Han when we first see Han. He's got the chopsticks, yeah, and then he uses the fly swatter. Yeah, that joke only works. In reference to the first movie. Yep. That joke doesn't work. It's not a joke. That's yeah. not a joke. Yeah. 
That joke only works because oh, remember in the first one that he uses he uses chopsticks, but in this one he uses flesh water. Isn't yeah. that funny? Isn't that good? Like, no, that's not a, that's not a joke. Yeah. yeah, that's just a reference. It's not good. It's not. A and good you shouldn't joke. be uh, you shouldn't be blatantly referencing the superior movie, here, right? Right. Like right. They should have charted their own path. <clears throat> Matt had a really good argument about this movie. Not argument, but point. Okay. This movie's Thanksgiving leftovers. Yeah, it's still good on a basis. Mm-hmm. Because the original is good. Yeah. And it's the original. Yeah. But it just doesn't taste as good the second time around. It's heated up. It's heated. It's, 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 it's leftovers heated up. Been put it's put in the microwave. Yeah. It's heated up. And you eat it and you're like, it's fine. It's mushier. It's mushier. It's mm. a little bit. It's fine. But it's not what I, it's not the best. It's not, it doesn't taste as good as yesterday. <coughs> yeah. It doesn't taste as good as yesterday when I had it on Thanksgiving and it was fresh. Yeah. This feels... It's fine. I'm glad and I'm like, eating it. If but. you hadn't seen Karate Kid in 15 years or, yeah. you know, what? This is uh, 26 years after the original, mm-hmm. right? Then, yeah, you're probably like, yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. I don't mind it. Yeah. I watched it three weeks ago. I, I love that movie. Yeah. It's hard to watch this movie after having just rewatched the yeah. original yeah. and being like, this isn't as good. It's just the same it's thing. It's the same thing, but, but less. Less. Like, the main character is severely less charismatic. Yep. And again, not a shot at this kid. That's the other thing. Like, the beauty of this movie is it makes you appreciate the first one more. Yeah. Because you were, you know, we were kind of, you know, you and Matt especially were making fun of Machio during the first week of like, oh, he's just doing Stallone. He's, you know, it's whatever. And then you text me like, I miss Machio. I do. Like, I do miss Machio. You, you appreciate. I want, I want that back. You appreciate how good he is in that role. Like, yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about this movie. So why don't we dive in? We can do that. Because I feel like we're starting to verge on opinions. I want to save it for that. I just want to touch on that stuff. But uh, Release date, June 11th, 2010. Summer money. Summer money, baby. Uh, Directed by Harold Zwart. I had no idea who this was. Like, the the director came up and I'm like, who is this? He did something. I looked at it earlier and I can't remember what it was. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that's it. Um, So he did Agent Cody Banks. I do like Agent Cody Banks. Yeah. Uh, the Pink Panther 2 with Steve, Steve Martin. Martin. Okay, that's the lesser. And the Mortal Instruments Cities of, City of Bones. I do. Okay, Mortal Instruments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did those. And okay. then The 12th Man. Don't know uh, that. Yeah, that's... Uh, what is it? Who's in that? Yeah, I thought I thought they were... I thought I recognized them. Uh, yeah, and then the last thing he did was like... Like, they're not really, really mentioned. You know what I mean? So... Yeah. He's got some stuff, but he's not like... And he's not like a top-notch right. director, you know? That was the thing that surprised me. Like, I was watching this movie, and the director comes up, and I'm like, you couldn't even get, like, a good director. You know what I mean? Like, well, I'm surprised get, like, that, like... A decent, like, name director. Like, you're Will Smith producing this movie, and you couldn't get, like... I don't know. Who do you think would have worked for this? <laughs> Actually, I, I'm surprised he didn't get Barry Sonnenfeld, Feld, uh, who did oh, uh, yeah. Men in Black. Yeah, that would have been a great choice. Barry Sonnenfeld would have been a good choice. Why wouldn't he just get somebody that he's he's worked with in the past? You know who else would have maybe worked with this? Mr. Chris Columbus. Columbus could do it. Yeah, I I do. I think Columbus could do it this. Probably would have been more interesting. He's yeah. good with kid actors. And I'm surprised they didn't. Not that again. Not that they need to. But I'm surprised they didn't go with a black director. Yes. Right? Also interesting. It's like why did you not do that? So I don't know. I would have thought like with this movie kind of being about like this black kid in China and not looking like anybody and not being like anybody. That one, the movie would have emphasized on that a little bit more because I feel like they really didn't. 
even like at the end, or not the end, but like mm-hmm. the big problem with the girl is that her parents don't approve of him. I thought they were going to go in the side of like, you're different, you don't belong here. But instead it was, oh, you encouraged my daughter to cut school so I don't like you. Yes. And it's like, oh, you could have gone a little bit of a deeper aspect of it all. Yep. And I think like maybe a black director could help with that. Could have done more? Um, you would think. Yeah. I don't know. You would think. But I mean, yeah, I mean, the guy's... It's fine. It's shot well. It's shot well. That's all I have to say about him. It's shot well. Written by Christopher Murphy. Yeah. I, what did he do? Uh, again, he doesn't. He doesn't have. <laughs> what did he really do? It feels well, like he it, copy it, and I pasted. I mean, story credit is Robert Mark Hamon, and I don't yeah. know if he actually worked on the movie, but he gets story credit because he wrote the f- story. Yes, he did. Because he wrote the first movie. Yes, he did. He wrote the first movie, and this is the first movie essentially. Uh, maybe just some things cut, copy, pasted. <sighs> I mean, dialogue is literally copied and pasted. Dialogue is copied and pasted. They switch out the place to China. It's Chinese culture. LA to China. It's not not Japanese culture. It's Chinese culture. But they kind of drop the ball on that. It's not karate. It's It's, kung fu. It's not karate. It's kung fu. Uh, Why is your movie called Karate Kid? Um, There's just, I don't know. There's things that are, you know, it's, is it really written by him is the thing. What did he do? What did he do? Yeah. Budget, $40 million. Whew. They got some money. Box office, $359.1 million. I'm not surprised people want to go see this. I feel like people were duped. I'll be 100% honest with you. I think people were duped into going to see this because they were like, the Karate Kid's back. The Karate Kid's back. But it's different. I think people wanted to see what Jaden could do too. Uh-huh. I think people, people, Jaden. Do you think Jackie Chan had something to do with it? I did, yeah. Yeah. I, did. I mean, look, if you're going to, if you're going to cast the the karate teacher or the kung fu teacher or whatever role yeah who are you going to get that's better than Jackie Chan yes right like and this was clearly a combination to me of like this was almost like an American film but also a Chinese film like it was it seemed I bet like it's it like a co-produced co- by yeah, both a co-international production or whatever yeah yeah because even Harold's War he's like He's like Dutch or something. Like he's not American. Yes. It's successful. It made its money and that's what's important. Yeah. Domestic opening box office, $55.6 million, number one for one week. Oh, only one week? With 359 million? Yeah, I thought well, maybe it would have gone a couple weeks. Do you know what came out the next week? I don't know. June um, 2010. We'll give you a hint. It was two days after we graduated high school. Was this Toy Story 3? Yes, it was. Okay. Toy Story 3. <laughs> yes. That makes sense. That makes sense. So yeah, it, it it got crushed. Yeah, of course that. it did. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. What about and then later was Inception out yet? No, Inception was July, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was well, twenty ten was a big summer. We 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 just did the twenty ten in the franchise. Your franchise is not that long ago. So yeah, that makes sense. All right, Rotten Tomato score, critics. What do you think? What, what do you, how, do you, how do you think we feel? I think critics. I think they're mid. I think it's kind of a. I think it's kind of like a like a middle. 60%. Fresh at 66%. Nice! Okay, I'm kind of close. Okay, they like it. Audiences. Uh-huh. Fresh at 67%. Wow. Wow. Okay, so nobody really disliked it heavily. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, the movie... It's down the middle. It's, it's, do I think this is... A, and I don't want to get into opinions. Do I think it's a bad movie? No, yeah. but it's like... I've seen it all. It doesn't do enough to stand out to me. Right. You know? Um, but do you want to talk about the cast? Yes, I do. I don't have a lot of people in this movie. Cool. Uh, starring Jaden Smith as Trey Parker, Jackie Chan as Mr. Han, Taraji P. Henson as Sherry Parker, Wen Wen Han as Mei Young, yeah. Zenwi Wang as Sheng, 
and Yu Rongungwang as Master Lee. Yes. Um, so I guess we'll start with the villain. Yeah, well, like, what does he do? <laughs> Here's the thing with me is I understand that for us as an audience, obviously there is a language barrier. Yes. Right? Like, I get it. They're speaking Chinese for the most part. Yes, Cheng, they are. Uh, Cheng, the bully, the Johnny, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about him in a minute. Has some English dialogue, but it's a lot of it's Chinese. Yeah. And Master Lee, I think he talks almost exclusively in Chinese. Yes. Which is fair. They're in China. They should be talking Chinese. Yeah, for sure. Um, no problem with that. But even with that, I, I, I can read subtitles. I get it. But even with that, like, there's no character here. There's no depth. There's no, like, what Martin what are Cove his, what does. What his motives? Yeah, because Lee is supposed to be Crease, right? So yeah. what Martin Cove does in his few scenes is really strike fear into the heart of, the, mm-hmm. of Daniel and to the audience. And they also set up that he's a veteran. Yeah. And, and there's no, like real backstory mm-hmm. to this guy he's the scene where they go to the dojo yep and then we don't see him again to the tournament yep and that's it and it's like they at least took some time with crease not that much he's only Chris only in a few more scenes in this guy mm-hmm. but he stands out more like his his dialogue is crisper his performance this guy's not a bad actor i mean this guy's a a, a, a great actor, and from what I understand, is mm-hmm. very well respected in China. I believe he'd worked with Jackie Chan in uh, Shanghai Noon, I think. Shanghai Noon, yeah. yeah. Um, I haven't seen that one. I hear it's good though. Uh, is that the, that's the Owen Wilson movie, right? It's an Owen Wilson, Wilson yeah. movie, yeah. I think it was. I think it was one of those. Um, and I'm sure he's done a whole bunch of other stuff. But like it, it just doesn't feel like there's there's enough here. Like I don't. I I asked you before we did this. What are the names of the villains? Yes. You can't name them. I don't know. Because they don't they don't stand out. No. It's like Chang and then I didn't know his name was Master Lee. Lee. I I still don't know it even now. The fact that like this is a set in China and these are Chinese actors and Chinese characters, like we should care about these characters. We should know more about these characters. Right. And like besides Han and I guess Mei Ying, I don't really care about these characters because I'm not no. invested in them. Like no, they're just the villain's not good. It's generic. Like, yeah. but again, it makes you appreciate what like Crease does. Kreese, what what Mark Cove brings to Kreese. to Crease. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just not much to say about this guy. Do you want to do Chang? Yeah, we can. Uh, so uh, it's uh, Zenwei Wang as Chang. Okay, and um, it, it's fine. I guess it's a good like bully performance. I guess. Like, but, like uh, my biggest problem with this movie is that I think they're too young. Yeah, I think twelve. Twelve is way. And too I young. think I think Cheng is supposed to be fifteen, maybe. Really, he maybe, looks younger. Maybe. Yeah, feel, it's too young. Yeah, it's it doesn't. Young. Nothing feels serious in the movie. Like there's stakes because it's like these are children. They're yep. literal children. Like Machio's or Daniel. Machio's like twenty nine, but Daniel's like seventeen in these Karate Kid movies. Yep. And and it it's he's learning. He yeah. he's but. He's, it's more serious because he's on the cusp of adulthood. Yeah. And it's like his adulthood is going to be defined by the actions that are that are happening to him, by, by the moments he's living in now. Mm-hmm. And also, like, it's a little bit more dangerous, I yeah. feel like. Like, the, some of the stuff that's going on and, like... The it, city is more dangerous, too. Yeah. Yeah. He's in a place that he doesn't know. Yeah. Like, China, I, he doesn't recognize yeah. it. It's I don't know. It's, it's, it just feels... Everything feels weird... To me, here with them being so young, 
Yeah. Right? And they, and even with the, and again, not to get ahead of myself, but like, to try to play the re- the relationship off as a friendship. Yeah. But it's still weird. Like, it's still... They've already kissed. Yeah, it's and still... even that like, kiss feels weird. It's still a very strange yeah. thing, it's a, right? It's a weird... This, this movie is weird because of the age, because of the forced nature of it, because of every everything working behind the scenes is appearing on screen and you can feel all of that. You can feel yeah. the pressure of behind the scenes appearing on screen that it needs to be a specific thing. It just, I don't know. I, I feel really weird watching this movie. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, and, and I just think the Chang, like, again, like... And I think this, he's fine. This guy, and he does the moves good and stuff, right? But, like... Yeah. I mean, he can he can really do kung fu. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's just not... Good. It's, it, it's, there's nothing there. I feel bad for the kid. Yeah. Because he's, he's good... But yeah. the character's nothing. Yeah, and even at the moment at the end where he gives him the trophy, it just doesn't feel earned. It doesn't not as not as not like uh, Johnny. Not Johnny, no, yeah, it doesn't feel earned. Wen Wen Han as Mei Young, Mei Ying. Okay, this is the love interest. This is the love interest um, or the friend? Yeah. Look, I um, I liked her. I liked her quite a bit. I yeah. liked her. I was actually kind of won over by her by the end of the movie. I was like, you know, she's she seemed like a really sweet friend and love interest this is i didn't the, hate it i liked it i i liked that like you know i said like i f- i felt bad because i feel like if we're in china yeah the chinese character should be shining more and i feel like she is one that does right i feel like she is able to show like they don't they don't americanize her yeah it's not they don't try to play her up you know it's like you know she's not like oh i'm actually you know i'm american or like, it, yeah. it, it still feels like the Chinese culture. It feels like the yeah. Chinese culture. It doesn't feel like, oh, oh I'm just, I'm just this, I'm just. This. I say like, as a thirty-year-old white man <laughs> who's never been out of America. But, yes, you know. Yes, good for you. They do their best with the cultural stuff in this movie. There's more I want to get to with that later, when, specifically when we get to Jackie Chan. But like, I think, um, I don't know. It, it's also weird when she's doing the violin and she has like this British <laughs> instructor who's just like, he just seems like a complete asshole. Like he's like he's just like oh do you know what this means for your you family? Need to, you need to play like, this. You need to play, play the this. quiet moments. You need to play a quiet moments. Like do you know what this means for your family? He just seems very pompous. And even yeah. when she's at the rehearsal or the the show audition yeah. audition and she's playing like it's this wonderful performance. It's clearly really good. And like what does he do? He gets up and he just walks out. Yeah, because he doesn't say great. he's like oh it's great. She's definitely gonna get it and just walks out. He just walks out and you're like this guy is just kind of like it just seems like he's abusing. Like some of the students. Well, here. it seems like he moved to China because he wanted to find like a prodigy, right? Yeah, Basically. and he he can't find one. He's getting frustrated. Yeah, so I don't know. It's all of that is weird, but I like the performance from her a lot. I think she's really quite good. And the it, dance scene is good when it, she's like dancing. It's very funny. oh, on the dance dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like that. I like that. I think it's fun. It's 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 a it's a sweet. They have a sweet friendship yes. relationship, whatever it is, right? Yeah, and, and I do like it. Yeah. Taraji P. Henson as Sherry Burke. She's a standout. To me, this is the best performance in the movie. Yeah, she's an absolute standout. I th- I first I thought she was. I like that they just keep going back to the jacket. Yeah, like she they, she has they, a they lot of lines really about well. pick up your jacket, pick up your jacket. Um, she doesn't get a lot to do. She's not in it as much as you think. She's in it, but she's in it more than she's in it more than original original mom. mom. Yes. And she's very good when she's in it. I like her a lot. She actually is at the tournament, and you actually get to see her like run up yeah. to the ring and go. Yeah, the mom's it. at the tournament, but she's barely there. Yeah. yeah, and you don't. There's no moment with her afterwards. Like you know, that was one of our complaints with part two. Was like, oh, like Allie and the mom just disappear. <laughs> um, but like in this one, like she runs up to the ring afterwards, and she's like, "You did it! Like this is awesome! Like it's I don't know, it's a good moment." And I think she's really funny and charismatic. And just, yeah, I really like her in this movie. And yeah. I think she she's good with just how, like, 
strong she is like even with han she's like she's like well i bought you a ticket so you're going yeah, you're going like, you're yeah. going like clean up you're going and he's like i don't really go out well you are because i bought the ticket <laughs> i paid the money <laughs> i paid going. the money so you're going yeah and, and i really like that and then she doesn't feel like she doesn't feel like a stereotype or anything like that either. yes she no. feels like a, a good mom. I'm really glad that they went with Taraji P. Henson and not like a J.D. Pickett-Smith like role. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Jackie Chan as Mr. Han. Yeah, this is where I want to talk about... I think his performance is really good. I want to start with I, that. I'll say this. I, I think he gets to be really good. I think when they let him be Han, Mr. Han, uh-huh. I think he's really good at that. When he is trying to be Mr. Miyagi... It's where the problems I have are. And that most of that is in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. When he first, meet, first meets Dre, the exchange between Dre and Han mm-hmm. is almost verbatim, besides like the fire cups stuff. Yeah. You know, it's almost verbatim to the Miyagi thing about mm-hmm. go talk to the teacher, I'm not, I'm whatever. And everything just feels very dry, very like yeah. he's just throwing the lines out there like Pat Morita. You hung on every word Pat Morita said. Right. As Miyagi. And, like, everything kind of had a weight to it. Even something as simple as, like, not my business. You know, I'm not getting involved. Or, right. You know, smart to not get involved or whatever. Right. Or when he's like, well, you said I should go. I should go. You said it was a good idea. Good idea for you. Yeah. Not good idea for me. Right. Like, that means something when Morita says it. When Han says it, he's just like, not a good, good idea for you. Not good for me. Like, it's like, what do you... He so just seems so down on his luck. And and I think they try to play up that he is a depressed yes. character, obviously. Yeah. And we get into that. But when he's allowed to be Han, Mr. Han, yeah. and he's allowed to... Not be repeating lines from the first yeah, movie. Yeah, and have his own monologue. Yep. And the, yeah, it's a similar scene. He also gets a drunk scene like, yep. like a Miyagi does. Yep. But it's his own... It's a different take. It's not Japanese internment camps yep. and, you know, whatever. It's car crash and stuff like that yeah. and it's him holding this responsibility he's more responsible for the death of his wife and child than Miyagi is who had no choice to do what he had to do and wasn't there when it all went down versus Han is the sole survivor of this crash and he carries that weight like a lot of people do when they are in a situation like that right and that haunts them and you could you can feel that haunted nature of it so when Jackie Chan is allowed to do what he does to me, that really works. Like that, yeah. that car scene is an absolute home run of a performance from him. 100%. But it's when he's trying to do the Miyagi thing yeah. that doesn't always work. Yeah. I, so I don't like when he's doing the lines as Miyagi. Like when he's doing Miyagi lines, it doesn't work for me. When he's getting to be Mr. Han, it really works. Yes, yeah. you're absolutely right. And there are moments where I think with the fire cup stuff, whatever, where I, it feels like they're trying to put in some type of effort with the culture stuff but the thing that stands out to me is that they don't really get into the chinese culture much in this movie and i think a reason for that is because if you remember from the first movie what made miyagi stand out so much was the fact that it was this kind of like insight into the japanese well, culture insight into the japanese culture but it was also kind of like commenting on the American government. Yeah. And home of the free land of the, or land yes. of the free home of the brave. Yes. And the and thing showing with, that sarcastically kind of, it's, it's this comment on that. Yeah. As we know with China, they're very strict of not being critical of Chinese government in art and film. And I think as strong as the monologue is that Chan gives, 
there is something off about the movie and about him and his performance because it is not critical of the Chinese government. There's no history there. There's no history. There's nothing like that adds that extra impact. Yeah, they- and you can feel you can almost feel because obviously I think a lot of this movie was shot in China. You can feel almost like the Chinese government saying like you can't do this. Like you can't be critical of us. And it feels like that monologue was rewritten as oh the wife and son dying is tragic enough. We're not going to add in that extra oomph of cultural relevance to really make it hit, which is what makes that scene work in the first Karate yeah. Kid. What we get is kind of a little bit drier. We just get, oh, the wife and kid die, we're supposed to feel bad. But I was like, I wish there was just more like it, cultural relevance it's here. It's interesting to me because I I completely understand that. And I think that the, the Miyagi scene is stronger for that commentary of like, I had no control on the situation because I wasn't mm-hmm. involved because I was serving the country who basically more or less let my wife and child die yeah. because they threw them in this internment camp and did not give them the proper care. Or right. my pregnant wife and my unborn child, right. they did not give them the proper care. And therefore, I am angry. Yeah. Land of the free, home of the brave. Yeah. Because America's supposed to mm-hmm. be this great country of hope and opportunity. Yep. And it's taken everything from me. And I think that that is a stronger scene for that. Yep. Whereas with the Han stuff, it is more interesting because it is more personal. And while I do prefer the commentary on kind of the government aspects Mm -hmm. and everything like that, it is also strong in its own right that it is a personal thing that, you know, he has the line of like, I don't even remember. We were arguing when that crashed. I don't even remember what we were arguing about, and I at least hope it was something that important. Mattered. Yeah, yeah, that mattered. Yeah, that mattered. Yeah, mattered. Right. And it's like that is actually a strong thing. So, like, mm-hmm. you're right. Like, would it have been interesting if they could do some type of commentary on it? But at the same right. time, they are in a different situation. Of Han is a Chinese man living in China. Right. Uh, Miyagi was a Okinawan man living in America. Right. So the situation, I think requires a different attitude yes because of the immigration of it all because of the of the foreign aspect of it all yeah whereas like it i don't it would have been interesting if they criticized the chinese government or something something along that lines but it would also feel weird because he's still living in china yeah you know? i don't know i just i just felt like there was something missing there and i no, wish I, there well, was. I think i think i i think it would have been also a good opportunity because you know i by no means am um an expert on Chinese politics, but it could have been a good tool to educate. But even more. even like talking about the Chinese processes of grief, yeah, grief. Every culture kind of has a different way of grieving, right? Yeah. Like you look at like the uh, dead and stuff like that, yeah. right? Like there's interesting ways. I know that's not necessarily grief, but that's how right. you look at like ancestors and stuff like right. that. Like right. I think that there is an interesting way of looking at. I don't know what how China, if there is a specific way that. Chinese people, or if you live in China, that you grieve the mm-hmm. loss, a, 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 the loss of a loved one. But I think it would be interesting if you could touch on that, right? Yeah. Like, you just know, just anything, yeah, anything. And that's what I mean. It feels like that's what's missing from his performance. Is like it's a great performance, that's and I really like it. Of a commentary, but I, of I need that 
if you're going to do a Miyagi-esque character, you need the cultural relevance as well. It doesn't work. This is a good... The point of the well, that's the problem again. That's the problem. But when you move the character to China, when you move the character to China, yes. But also, it's like it's the classic case of the of the of Hollywood ignoring the important parts of the original movie, of the cultural relevance of the movie, and the respect that it has towards Japanese culture. And in this movie, just kind of booting all of that and saying, let's just make it like tragic and we'll, we won't really highlight the cultural stuff because, you know, nobody really cares about that. And it's like, but it, but it matters. And that's what makes but, the movie better. And that's, well, that's also the beauty of the original because Daniel and Miyagi are both outsiders. Yes. They're both looked upon as outsiders, right? Yeah. They're both looked upon as, as Daniel being this loser, this New Jersey kid in California. But yeah. Miyagi... The general racism of this Okinawan man, Japanese man, yeah. in California, and like how Chris looks at him, right? Like yeah. Chris doesn't throw slurs out. Well, in the first movie, in the first movie, yeah. Chris doesn't throw out slurs or anything like that. But like how he's looked upon, yeah, and viewed less, yeah, because of his culture. Like you miss that when you move the outsider to the culture, right? Right, you do miss that. That's why, like. I think if you got a black director or a black writer, you could add more of the those elements of like, is there any specific challenges that a black child might face when he moves right. to China? Exactly. More than and just being American. We don't really get that here. Um, there are moments where I thought maybe like the motive was racism. Well, that's what I'm saying. With the thing with the parents, I thought it was racism. It's not. But it's not. It's, it's you made my daughter kick, cut school and I'm right. mad at you. Right. Right. It's never that. So I don't know. I um but Jackie Chan. He's very good. That performance in and the car is really is, is really it, good. It's strong. It's and some I, of like his strongest work. I also like too, like I said to you through text last night, that not only is it like oh it would make sense that you're, you know, essentially replacing the you you know, the Marita role with a Jackie Chan, the Pat right. Marita role with Jackie Chan. You know, the, the Kung Fu teacher, of course you're gonna get Jackie Chan. Right. Martial arts expert, legend. Martial whatever. arts expert, yes. Um but also, Pat Morita, Jackie Chan, two people that aren't necessarily known for their dramatic performances. Mm-hmm. Pat Morita known for comedy, Jackie Chan known for action, giving them a chance to play the more dramatic character. Jackie yeah. Chan doesn't do that much kung drama. fu or, yeah. in this okay. movie. Yes. In this movie. Yeah. He teaches Dre, but he's not the one really doing the kung fu. Yeah. It's a couple moments. But, but it's not enough. It's not, but but it's, I, I like that. Yeah. That, that that they're highlighting more of the dramatic side of him and not, well, we hired him for Kung Fu, we're going to have him do Kung Fu. Right. All right. Uh, Jaden Smith as Trey Parker. Yeah, this is a, uh, we kind of already mentioned this. He's being coached off screen the entire time by Will Smith, and it's just not a very good performance. Instead of it's trying to highlight... It's missing charisma. Yeah. It's missing just a, a general sense of like, he doesn't look like he wants to be there. It's very... You're right. It, it, it's, it, it feels as though this role was written for a 17-year-old Will Smith, but they just gave it to 12-year-old Jaden, and they were trying to push Jaden as the next Will Smith, and that's not how it works. Jaden doesn't get any moment in this movie to be himself. He is no. mini Will Smith the Instead of bringing time. out Jaden, they're trying to bring out his dad's charisma, Yeah, but he, he's more than that. He's more than that. He's not... He should be more than that. He's not Will Smith. And the vibe they're trying to pass off in this movie is Jaden is Will. And it's like, Jaden is Jaden. 
you should be investing in that aspect of this character, not, oh, oh, uh, let's pull out the Will Smith and Jaden. That's not how it works. And that's what this performance feels like to me. Every line delivered, every like move and the way he acts and like the moments where it feels like he's trying to like, I guess, be funny and improv. It feels like something I would see Will Smith do. And I don't like this performance because of that. Because yeah. I can feel... And it's not his fault. I can, it's not yeah. his fault, but it's because I can feel the forced nature of it. I can feel... You put, a, you put it great. You can literally feel Will Smith off camera going, do it like this, do it like this. And it bleeds into this performance. Have you ever seen the, the Key and Peele, Jordan, or Jaden Smith? Uh, I have. Sketch? Yes, I have. Like, just how, how accurate, uh-huh. like, just how out of touch this kid is. Yeah. Like, that's also part of the problem, too. Like, yeah. Right? Like... Jaden, he's not a normal kid. He's kind of a weird dude. Like, yeah. I want to take this time and I want to highlight something I don't know if you're even aware of. Okay. Jaden Smith is is famous for um, very strange tweets. Okay. He makes some very interesting tweets. All right. So I, I want to I want to throw out some of the, some very interesting. Uh, he thinks he's a very enlightened man. Um, this, these are from like 2014, so he's he's literally still a child. All right. Um, but he thinks he's very enlightened in the world. So so let's throw some some Jaden. Let's take a moment. All right. Here's our segment: Jaden Smith tweets. Anyone born on this planet should have a planetary citizenship, enabling them to freely explore their home. Jesus Christ. Currently going through customs, even though I was born on this planet. Oh. <laughs> Just that disappointed sigh. If newborn babies could speak, they would be the most intelligent beings on planet Earth. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. How can mirrors be real if our eyes aren't real? What? What? What is this? All the rules in this world were made up by someone no smarter than you, so make your own. He's so out of touch. He's so out of touch. The more time you spend awake, the more time you spend asleep. I want... Okay, we have to stop. One more, one, one more, one more. Fine. The biggest flex anyone will ever have is dying. All right, let's stop. That's enough. That's enough. I will have no more of it. Um, <laughs> you seem generally like uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. I don't like any of that. He's an out-of-touch dude, right? I mean, that's kind of the thing. He's a weird dude, but he, he's very out-of-touch, and that's kind of also, yeah. you know, like you just said with the Key and Peele sketch, that's the point of the sketch is he's very out-of-touch. He's not a normal kid. He grew yeah, up... Yeah, you ride the with, bus. The what? The what? The bus. The bus. He, he is Will Smith's son. He's not growing up normal. This, yeah. He grew up different from all of us. And he's out of touch. And that's what it is. And when you read stuff like that, it's easy for someone with his status <laughs> to say the things he's saying. And to, you know, claim all this peace and planet sh- and all this. It, it's like, well, it's easy for you to say because you're, you're fine. You don't have to worry about you money. Sh- million dollar bricks you literally like, don't have to worry about money your entire life so somebody is there to wipe your ass yeah like you don't have to worry about any of this somebody is literally there to wipe your ass so we don't need to hear this from you it just i don't know sometimes i hate when so like you hear from celebrities doing like yeah. it just sounds so like faux no, to me no. like it sounds like they're trying to sound interesting and it's like well especially when he's like a 14 year old kid or whatever yeah right? like, and he's like trying to sound interesting if he's and, 12 in this movie and that's 2014 so he's 16 yeah like that's a shame yeah that's a shame he's he's a uh, weird dude but man. as far as a performance in this movie i mean he's he's not great but it's yeah not, it's not his fault it's yeah. not his fault he's it's not his fault all right i have a synopsis here for you okay you ready yes you remember the karate kid it's that, but it's set in China and has Jackie Chan and Will Smith's kid. Wow, you nailed it. That's really what it is. <laughs> it's uh, it's that. 
Yeah. It's the first movie, but it's set in China. It's Jaden. It's Jackie Chan. They hit all the same beats. They try to forge their own path a little bit, but for the most part, it is... When they go to the, the temple, is the most unique the movie yeah, gets. the temple, yeah. The, you know, yeah, all of that, climbing up the mountain, all of that is interesting, and that's it. That's really it. That's the only differentiating factor in this story. All right, let's tie this into our opinions. What are your opinions on this movie? This is the most down-the-middle movie we've done because I don't think this is unwatchable, and I don't hate the movie, right? Like, I don't hate the movie, but it's... It, it just, it's leftovers. It's leftovers the movie, right? Yeah. Like my, like my brother's analogy is absolutely perfect, right? Like it's it's not bad because mm-hmm. the because it's not like awful. Right. Because the building blocks are there. Yes. Right? Everything's there, but it's, Everything it's, is it's there. just, I've seen it before. Like I shouldn't be watching your movie and being like, oh yeah, this is like the scene in the original when Daniel does this. Nobody right? wants that. Right? Like, yes. Like at least... At least, I know people crap on like the Disney live action remakes and stuff like that. At least, yes, the gimmick they have is that they're going from animation to live action, so it's almost like a special effects test. Yes, to take these like movies that relied so much on animation and and the energy of animation and translate them into a live action film. Yep. At least there's a gimmick there. Yeah. Right. There's like, no gimmick. E- even if like the Lion King. 2019 is the same movie as the original Lion King. Yeah. At least there's a gimmick. There's no gimmick here. There's no gimmick This here. is literally... The gimmick is Jaden Smith. Yeah. The gimmick is that I'm watching Will Smith's kid. And that's not enough of a gimmick. That's not even a gimmick. That's like... I don't know. I just... I, the I don't second that skateboard like, comes out, I was like, oh no, we're in a 2010s movie. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I have such... It's hard to like really talk about this movie because it is the first movie. Yeah. And it just feels weird it's just but it's a weird movie it makes you appreciate the first one so much the first one so much more and why it's a special movie and i've seen people that said this is the stronger movie i don't know how you view it that way yeah i think that everything in here is i think a lot of things here are bland on every single thing yeah i think a lot of things here are bland i think it shows what happens when you don't have the energy of that original movie maybe it's you know maybe it's a generational thing maybe who knows my brother uh, gave this two and a half stars. Okay. He said, not bad for what it is, but it is a carbon copy. Yeah. Two stars for me. Yeah, I'm also... I think I'm going to go two stars. It yeah. took me four sittings yeah. to watch this movie. Yeah. It's it's also two, two and, and a- hours and 20 minutes long. Why is it that long? Why is it so I long? I was struggling with this movie as we were watching it. I'm like, this is a long movie. Like, I, there were moments... So many moments could be cut out. Of this film, there's so much that can be cut out. Um, that whole beginning part, yeah, can be. The, 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 you even mentioned, I think, the first 35 minutes. Jackie Chan's in two scenes, yeah, and one 40, of them 40 minutes. 40 minutes, and one of them is just him smacking the fly with the fly swatter. Yep, and then the other one is when he shows up to fix the hot water. Yeah, and that's it. And it's Wh- not enough. Why is that taking so long? Why is that taking that's so long? That's the other because thing they're, too. They're, they're they're laying into Jaden is a leading star. And we're going to give him as much time on screen as possible. That's the other thing, too, is that the interactions between Dre and Han, Mr. Yeah. Han, in this movie, Dre goes to his office mm-hmm. um, to ask him to fix the hot water. He slaps the fly. He walks away. Han comes to Dre's apartment to yeah. fix the hot water, sees him doing karate kicks. The next scene that we see Han interacting with Dre in yeah. is him saving him from the bullies. Yeah. And then, him, and then their, their relationship picks up there. 
But the beauty of the original is that Miyagi and Daniel already had a relationship before Karate ever even comes into play. Right. They were already friends. He was yeah. already teaching him about bonsai. He was always teaching him about balance. It's not till after he has to save his life at the dance or, you know, step in and save him from getting beat down by the bullies that Karate becomes a factor in the movie. And that's like 45 yeah, fifty minutes. There's in. no friendship established. No, we don't. We don't buy this connection between Dre and Mr. Han. Yeah, why it's so important to him to save Dre? Like we understand why Miyagi's saving Daniel because mm-hmm. he cares about him at that yeah. point already. It's very strange. Yeah, it, it all feels very forced. It doesn't feel right, and yeah, that relationship doesn't feel earned. Yeah. It just feels kind of like. Does Han even like Dre? Yeah. Not in the beginning. It doesn't feel like it, it no. Even, I don't even know if he does at the end. I'm like, does he? I guess he <laughs> does, but I don't know. All right. Uh, uniqueness. What stands out at the end of this movie? It's a carbon copy of the first movie. No. That's what stands out. Does this bring anything new? Outside of it being The set different in Chi- martial arts. It's, it's Kung Fu. It's Kung Fu. It's set in China. That's different. It's a it's Chinese culture, not Japanese culture this time. And A, a black lead. That's interesting. Yeah, and I think maybe that's it. Yeah. Uh, I think all three of us have the best scene. What is the best scene in this movie? Oh, um, it's uh, the car scene. It's the car scene. It's the car scene, it's the car scene. for me. It's, yeah, it's easily. Uh, Chan's best performance in the movie, and it's, it's really well done. Yeah, very well done. How do you feel about Dre like pulling him out with his sticks and like bringing him in? I think it worked, too. It works. It, it works. Because you get that really cool scene where they're not even speaking. They're just doing the movements. The and movements. then the mom comes in and sees. It's I don't nice. hate it. I don't hate yeah. it. I think that's when the movie is at its strongest. Connectivity. Uh, how does this fit in with the rest of the franchise? It doesn't. It's its, it's own a complete thing. reboot. Yep. Uh, is this a worthy continuation to the franchise? No. I don't think it is. I don't think it is either. I don't think it's worthy. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, it, it's a really weird experiment, kind of. Mm-hmm. All right. Before we do uh, casting, or before we do future of the franchise, I have some casting and fun facts. I have one piece of casting in this movie. Oh. What do you think my casting might be in this movie? I think this might be Jaden. Yeah. It, Ralph Macchio declined a cameo in the Oh, <laughs> he said no. He said He's no. like, nah, I'm good. Uh, fun facts. Okay. Jackie Chan came up with the jacket routine as a teaching method. Oh, that's That cool. was his idea. Good for him. Yeah. Well, I guess if you're, again, you need kung fu stuff, you're like, oh, get him. Yeah. See what he knows. Will Smith said that Jackie Chan was held in such high regards in China that he was able to use his status to help with production, such as getting permission to shoot in certain locations. Probably the Great Wall of China. Yeah. Good Lord. Uh, this is the first film to shoot in the Forbidden City since The Last Emperor in 1987. Wow. Uh, Jaden Smith trained for three months for the film. Several scenes were removed, uh, shortened for the Chinese release, including scenes with bullies and a kissing scene. They shortened scenes? Yeah, it took them out. Those were longer scenes. No, no, for the Chinese cut. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So they shortened gotcha. scenes and they took... So, the, the, they, so China got a shorter cut of this movie. They took the... Well, because I guess it didn't fit Chinese culture. Or they took the kissing scene out. Honestly, I... I kind of think I want to watch the Chinese version. It's shorter. It's shorter. <laughs> I want to see the Chinese version. Uh, an alternate ending was filmed, and I've seen this ending. Okay. Uh, that featured Mr. Han and Master Lee having a kung fu battle in front of the audience at the tournament after Master Lee tries to attack his students for failing. Oh, that's interesting. So a full-on... Yeah, so uh, that's he, where we'd actually get like some Jackie yeah, Chan so doing... It, they clearly cut around it. So, in, so the scene where like the kids come up and they bow to yeah. Han, before that... That the sets him off. Chen goes off. No, before that, Chen goes off and goes up to, uh, or and uh, Lee goes up to him and threatens to slack him, and he leans back to smack him, and Han grabs his hand, and the two of them just kung fu battle into the audience, and then like they're using like and <laughs> uh, uh, benches. 
to fight each other. Oh. And like that. And then finally, like, Han gets grounds Lee, and he starts doing the... Uh, no mercy in this. Like he starts kind of, kind of how um like Miyagi does. Yeah, that. yeah. And it's like it's the it's the opening of two. Yeah, right. Basically, oh, God, um, I but it's see that. it's more of a fight. It's it's a pretty cool action. Scene. Ah, I'm gonna watch it. Uh, and then like Dre's like, no, don't do it. And he's like, okay, yeah, I won't. And they walk off. And then and then the kids bow to Han. Oh, so, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, nice. There is no karate in the movie. Instead, Kung Fu is used to match the location of China. Yeah. Sony considered changing the title of the film to Kung Fu Kid, but producer Jerry Weintraub stopped through the change. Okay. I remember I had Facebook statuses to prove that this movie was originally announced as the Kung Fu Kid. Yeah, and then they were just like, nah, we're not yeah. going to do that. Uh, the final tournament features over 800 extras. Harold's Wart includes the Freerick Stand football club logo in every one of his movies and it can be seen as a pin on the championship doctor's coat nice the film is titled kung fu wonder in china huh and finally dre's cool parker's guy. birthday is july 8th the same as jaden smith's oh that's okay well whatever whatever who cares all right let's wrap this up and let's get, wrap this, this up. up we need to get we need future to get this of the franchise should there have been a sequel to this no we are probably going to get one yeah. uh what do you want to see in the future i, I don't want to see a future um, I guess if they had to do it, I think you could maybe if you had to do a future of the franchise, um, you do what they did. You go back to you go back you go to Cobra Kai. You go back to Cobra Kai. You do that. Um, if we're staying in this universe, though, I think you need to set Han up as his own thing and not yeah. Miyagi. Yeah. Uh, what franchise star would you add to this franchise? Oh, jeez, Tony Leung. That's a great pick. Yeah. All right, now we have five movies in this franchise. We have to rank we do. these movies. We do. Number five. I think for me it's going to be the next Karate Kid. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I'm going to go to the next Karate Kid. Okay. Number four. Are you going Karate Kid 2010 here? No. Okay. This is Karate Kid Part 3 yeah. for me. Yeah. Yeah. Number three. Karate Kid 2010. Yeah. It's better than three and four. Yeah. But Because it, it's a better made movie. Yeah. But I'm actually more entertained by... Definitely three. I'm more entertained by three, but oh, it's not big time. It's not as good of a movie. It's not as good of a movie, but no. I'm more entertained by it. Tony Young is the as the is the Chinese equivalent of uh, Terry Silver. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Make it happen. Make it happen now. Number two, uh, Karate Kid Part Two. Yep. And then number one, The Karate Kid. Easy peasy, right? Yeah. All right. You have any closing comments you want to say about these two movies? You want to talk about? We've been talking about for quite a while. Yeah, we've been talking for quite a while. Look, uh, next Karate Kid, uh, kind of a piece of. Sh- Hillary Swank's great though, so that's cool. And uh, the Karate Kid 2010, it's just a it's regurgitated first movie. Yeah, that's all it is. It is. You're not missing anything. It, it's it's just frustrating to watch it and be like, oh, that's that, that's yep. that, and that's that. and then like it, it's it's missing the energy of a William Zapka, Daniel, uh, yep. uh, Ralph Macchio, Pat Morita. Like the only saving grace is that like Jackie Chan kind of matches Morita, not exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Chan didn't get an Academy Award for this. He didn't deserve an Academy Award for this. No, There's not a reason at all. why Morita did. Yeah. Um, you know, but Martin Cove, like you're missing the energy of those people. Yes. And I think the love, that's the other thing too, is like it's there's some interesting shots. Like they love China when they show the locations of China. Mm-hmm. But like the shots themselves aren't always the most creative. No. And I feel like Ableton in like the first movie is really working that camera to get some really beautiful shots yeah. 
whether it's of scenery, whether it's of shadows, of them training, like mm-hmm. I think he really does some creative things to make it work, and I think that does help elevate the film still right. overall. But yeah, I mean, the next Karate Kid, like it, it shouldn't exist, no. right? It shouldn't exist. No. I, I do like Hilary Swank. I'll never get tired of watching Pat Morita in the role, but like it's not a good movie. And then yeah, the reboot's just it shouldn't have happened. It go. shouldn't have happened. Yeah. Um, you good? I'm good. Bring us home. Okay, right let's let's end this. This was look. Tough week for us. This is tough. We were burned. We were burned this episode. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you, Tony. And uh, thank you, Matt, for sending us yes. in your uh, comments. You were missed, Matt. You, you were, were missed. missed. Um, and we appreciate everybody for their support. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google po- – oh, wait, not Stitcher anymore. That's dead. Google Podcast and more. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FranchiseMePod. And you can see all of our rankings on Letterboxd. Just search FranchiseMe one word. And you can send us an email, FranchiseMePod at gmail.com. Give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Give us your feedback so we can get better each week. Make sure you check out our bonus series, A Year in Franchises, where we break down all the franchise movies in one year. Well, come back next week. We have one more delve into the Karate Kid world uh, as we talk about our very special... Karate Kid retrospective episode. Wax on, wax off. Or sorry, sorry. Check it on. Check, Check it, it off. off.